This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. We are two laps away from the start of the Daytona 500 by STP. Let's take a quick look at the starting lineup. 41st, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin. 40th, Al Unser Jr. of Albuquerque, New Mexico. 39th, Jim Sauter of Nacida, Wisconsin. 38th, Jimmy Hensley of Ridgeway, Virginia. 37th, Harry Gann of Taylorsville, North Carolina. 36th, Joe Rutman of Upland, California. Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington is 35th. 34th, Rusty Wallace. He's from St. Louis, Missouri. 33rd, Ted Musgrave from Franklin, Wisconsin. 32nd, Morgan Shepard from Conover, North Carolina. And Rick Mast will start 31st from Rockbridge, Bath, Virginia. 30th starter, Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania. Jimmy Horton of Hamilton, New Jersey, starts 29th. 28th is Michael Walter of Owensboro, Kentucky. Bobby Hamilton of Nashville, Tennessee, starts 27th. 26th is Darrell Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee. And one of the Rookie of the Year contenders, Bobby Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, starts 25th. Another of the Max Race Cards Rookie of the Year contenders, Kenny Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri, starts 24th. 23rd is Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas. Wally Dallenbach Jr. of Basalt, Colorado starts 22nd. 21st is Dick Trickle of Wisconsin, Rapids, Wisconsin. And 20th in the middle of the field, Brett Morine from Chemung, New York. 19th, Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas. 18th will be Hut Strickland from Calera, Alabama. 17th, that's Chad Little from Spokane, Washington. 16th, Phil Parsons, Detroit, Michigan. 15th, Rick Wilson. He's from Bartow, Florida. And 14th, Sterling Marlin from Columbia, Tennessee. 13th, Lake Speed from Jackson, Mississippi. 12th will be Ricky Rudd from Chesapeake, Virginia. The 11th starter, Davey Allison from Hueytown, Alabama. The top 10 defending Winston Cup champion Alan Kulwicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin. He is 10th. 9th is Bobby Hillen of Midland, Texas. 8th starter, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California. Kenny Schrader of Fenton, Missouri starts in 7th. 6th will be Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York. Bill Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia starts 5th. 4th will be the man who has done it all so far in speed weeks this year, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina. 3rd is Jeff Gordon from Pittsburgh, Indiana. The front row, you've already heard from them. Dale Jarrett of Hickory, North Carolina. And Kyle Petty out of Randleman, North Carolina. The mellow yellow Pontiac at 189.426 miles an hour. And as the field crosses the line, they get the indication. One lap and we'll go to green. Richard Petty is up on the flag stand. He'll be the honorary starter. We'll talk a little bit about that as the field swings down to the west end of the speedway and turns one and two to cover the action for MRN this afternoon. Joe Moore of Hampton, Virginia. Thanks, Barney. I'm on a platform here on the inside just at the exit of turn two looking across the track and all these motorhomes and race fans ready for the beginning of the Daytona 500 by STP. Up here in turns one and two is where you pick and choose your dance partner for the back straightaway draft and just hope you choose the right one. Many times if you get in the wrong line, you'll go the wrong way and of course what you want to do is move ahead. Find the good draft and all this week so far it's been the outside line. I'll cover the action through turns one and two and onto the back straightaway here today. The temperature is 60 degrees, climbing towards 70 today. Wind out of the northwest 15 miles an hour as the Pontiac Firebird pulls down pit road. Richard Petty, the honorary starter, waves the green flag. And Petty puts a lot of energy into it as they cross the start-finish line underway in the Daytona 500 by STP. Good, clean start. Everybody stays door-to-door as they head down to turn one. Dead even racing off into turn one for the very first lap. Kyle Petty now begins to get a fender out in front of Dale Jarrett. Right behind him, Jeff Gordon gets right up on the rear duck of Kyle. Kyle now drifts up a bit. Jeff looks down low for a chance to get by, but Kyle holds on to the lead off turn two. Now Kyle Petty 
right smack halfway in between the inside and outside line of cars. Now he'll move up into the outside lane. Now he'll go back to the middle, and Dale Jarrett powers by on the outside. Jeff Gordon down to the inside, racing for the lead. Three wide as they enter the corner, but now Gordon backs out of it, and Kyle Petty gets shuffled back a couple of positions. His Pontiac being passed on the inside and the outside as Jeff Gordon leads off turn four. Kyle Petty still can't get out of that middle lane. They bypass him either way. Back to the stripe. Lap one of 200. Jeff Gordon on the low side of the racetrack leads the first lap of the Daytona 500 as he charges towards Max Race Cards Rookie of the Year honors here in 1993. Double file in turn one. Dale Jarrett has a nose out in front coming into the turn, but by the time they reach turn two, Gordon again has his nose out in front. But Jarrett won't give in. Still dead even for the lead off turn two. And in the second row, side by side are Bill Elliott and Dale Earnhardt trying to push their perspective drafting partner past and into the lead. Earnhardt will help Jarrett on the outside. Jarrett takes the lead. Earnhardt is second, Gordon third. Jeff Gordon gets shuffled back to the inside of the racetrack as he battles it out for the third position with Jeff Bodine. Meanwhile, two Chevrolets establish the lead. Here they come off the corner. Dale Earnhardt in the second position. Up front, it's Dale Jarrett. Front two running out front all by themselves. Door-to-door racing going on from third position on back. It is Jarrett the leader. Earnhardt second. Jeff Bodine has moved up into third. Now he has clear sailing. The battle will be for fourth place. Door-to-door in turn one. Gordon's there trying to get back in line of Ernie Irvin's in the outside lane trying to keep Gordon from getting in ahead of him. Also filling the line down on the inside. Bill Elliott, he's up alongside the Alan Kowicki car. They'll make it two by two this time again off turn two. Racing from fourth on back through tenth. Double wide as the field maneuvers down the back straightaway one more time. Now Bill Elliott ducks down to the inside, takes a look around. Jeff Gordon will have to drop back in line. Single file at the end of the back stretch. Caution on the speedway here at the start finish line. Dick Trickle has apparently lost an engine in his automobile. Here come the lead cars out of turn number four. Caution will fly at lap number three in the aftermath of the problem involving Dick Trickle, whose car now continues to coast around the racetrack. At the caution, it is Dale Jarrett leading. Dale Earnhardt second. Third now is Jeff Bodine. Jeff Gordon fourth. And fifth is Ernie Irvin. Kyle Petty has gotten shuffled back to 12th spot after starting on the pole position. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Dick Trickle will become the first casualty of the Daytona 500 by STP. He has gone to the garage area. Let's see if Winston Kelly has found him. Dick is still sitting in the car. He's talking to some of his crew members. Now he's trying to crank the car up again, so we'll let him continue to work with his crew members. Dick, do you know what the problem is? No, I think, I think something happened on the cylinders, I believe. 
That's Nick Trickle. He finished fifth last year, but he's behind the wall early this afternoon. Apparently it is an engine problem for Dick Trickle. Today's broadcast of the Daytona 500 by STP is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Daytona International Speedway to MRN Radio. It is solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. We've got just about anybody who is anybody in the world of motorsports here at Daytona this week, but one fella unable to join us here. He comes to the racetrack on occasion, but he used to be a regular here at Winston Cup races. Wade Thornburg, a longtime crew member for Richard Petty. He's been with Richard, I guess, for better than 20 years or so now, and he's hospitalized at the Duke Medical Center in uh, North Carolina. And, Wade, I know you're listening. We hope to see you back out at the racetrack or certainly back at the shops in Level Cross very, very quickly. He was uh, one of Richard's key number one men for so many years when Richard was winning his unprecedented 200 Winston Cup races. Yeah, all the way through the 60s and up into the mid-70s, Wade Thornburg was a, a standard at the racetrack. You saw him really every time the car pulled in. Wade was right there doing a lot of preparation on the car, and our good wishes go out to him. Hopefully he will recover soon and be able to come to a few races with us this year. Field has just been given the indication, one more lap, and we will go back to green flag racing. Harry Gant brings the Skull Bandit down pit road. That is no longer an Oldsmobile. It's now a Chevrolet. We'll get an update after Winston Kelly gets the word from the crew there on the very quick stop as Harry now returns to action. Today's broadcast of the Daytona 500 by STP is being heard on 394 radio stations in 40 states, plus, as we mentioned earlier, around the world, wherever Americans are stationed on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Network. A number of new affiliates joining us today for the first time, including WFTW in Mary Esther, Florida, WMBM in Miami Beach, Florida, in Greensboro, Georgia, WKKD-FM, McRae, Georgia, tuned in on WYSC-FM, in Monmouth, Illinois, WRAM-FM, in Bedford, Indiana, we've got WBIW on board, and in Aurora, Indiana, another of our new affiliates, WXCH-FM, we welcome all of you and all of those 390 94 stations joining us today here in Daytona Beach, Florida. Pace car with a field in tow up in turns three and four, getting ready to go back to green this time around. We've completed five laps. They'll cut them loose on lap number six with Dale Jarrett at the front of the pack. I think the big thing we watched there was Kyle Petty get caught out of line where he might needed to have been and jumbled himself all the way back, uh, what, to about eighth or ninth position, I guess. Well, he was. Actually, now they're going to post him in 13th upon the restart. That's where he finally got in line in single file formation. Elmo Langley takes the pace car to pit road. We're going green at lap number seven. Green flag is in the air. Single file restart. They take it back down as turn number one. Again, Dale Jarrett. Good start for him. He pulls away a couple of car lengths on Earnhardt as they head for turn one. Single file going up into the turn. Dale Jarrett ahead of Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Gordon back and forth. Looks to the inside of Jeff Bodine. And Bodine may help him out by taking a bit higher line this time coming to the turn. But the man on the move is Bobby Hillen. He jumps from about tenth in line up to seventh, but may get left of the draft in the back straightaway. Alan Kowicki closed the hole. Hillen hoped to jump into so he's going to lose a couple of more spots. Now he'll slide in behind in the eighth spot. At the head of the pack, here comes Dale Earnhardt. Down to the inside, he'll take the lead. Dale Earnhardt grabs the lead as he enters turn number three. Also, Bill Elliott stepping out of line to try to make a pass on Ernie Irvin. Meanwhile, Earnhardt leads off the fourth corner back to the start-finish line. 
Here they come back out of turn number four. Everybody watching and waiting to see what their next door neighbor does. The only man caught out of line for the moment still, Ernie Irvin and Sterling Marlin. Marlin gets in line behind Kyle Petty, and as Earnhardt leads the draft back into turn number one, Kyle ducks out. He'll give Irvin some help. Here they come back into turn one. Irvin trying to get back in line. He won't be able to do it right now, but Kyle Petty does close the gap, pulling right up on the rear deck of Ernie Irvin. It's two against about 12 in the outside lane. Irvin racing alongside Bobby Hillen for the seventh spot. Now he'll slide in behind Hillen into the eighth spot. Alan Kowicki thought about stepping out of line for a minute, trying to grab fifth away from Bill Elliott. Now falls back single file. Kyle Petty still caught out of line on the inside of Ricky Rudd, back for about the 10th position. Petty down to the inside of the racetrack. A couple of Fords stinking up behind, but Kyle Petty losing the position as he comes off the corner. Some things never change at Daytona. The draft has been a constant here almost ever since this racetrack opened all the way back in the late 50s. If you get out of it, you lose positions. If you can stay in it, you can stay up there all day long. Dale takes them back to turn number one. Now only one car pulling out of line back at about 14th position. Davey Allison there trying to get by the Brett Bodine car, but he'll lose that battle and also maybe lose another spot. Sterling Marlin pulls up now alongside Davey Allison, and Davey's trying to find a way to get back in line. Davey racing alongside the 13th place car. Wally Dallenbach is tucked up tightly behind the Sterling Marlin car in 14th, so Allison's going to have to slide in line back in the 15th spot as Earnhardt leads the field to three. Davey Allison finally tucks in line behind the Wally Dallenbach car. Nobody's stepping out of line up front. Jeff Gordon taking a look to the inside for a moment on Jeff Bodine, but stays in line off four. We told you Harry Gant made a quick pit stop a few moments ago. Winston Kelly? Jimmy Penland, the gas man, tells us nothing wrong with the car, just a gas and go stop for the Skull Chevrolet. Dale Earnhardt leads the Daytona 500. Ten laps complete in the Daytona 500 by STP. It is Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine from the Daytona International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. for the second time here at Daytona International Speedway. The problem began as Jimmy Hensley, driving the Jimmy Means Napa Ford, moved past the start-finish line and went off into turn number one. And Joe Moore, that's when the smoke began. Smoke got even worse as it came into the turning line. Suddenly, we were watching the car. The back end broke loose. It just spun around, slammed into the outside wall, indicating possibly dumping a motor. And then, of course, getting the tires in the oil. The car spun away, hit the outside wall, rolled down to the inside. Jimmy steered it out of the, the uh, way of oncoming traffic, although there wasn't much behind him. Safety personnel already over there attending to Jimmy, and he's moving around in the car. 
Boy, it's not been a good week for that team. That car belongs to to uh, Jimmy Means, and they have had a what a practice crash the other afternoon. Yeah, I saw Jimmy last night. By the way, at uh, he and his uh, family at the same restaurant we were for dinner last night, and uh, he was still a little bit uncomfortable. But he was saying to me that he hoped a couple of weeks. Remember, we told the folks on Thursday, if you remember, folks, we were telling you that it might be two weeks, three weeks, four weeks before he got back into the race car. And Jimmy said uh, last night, maybe a couple of weeks. He hopes to be uh, back well enough to drive, although the comfort level won't be there, but he hopes to be well enough to drive in just a couple of weeks' time. Well, we said a moment ago that Kyle Petty, who started on the pole, went back through the field in a hurry, dropped back to 14th place one time. He currently is ninth, and Dick Brooks has been near that pit area. Dick, is there a problem on Kyle's car? Well, I went down and I asked uh, Felix Sabatis, the guy that owns the car, uh, if there was a problem at all. He said, no, we're just taking it easy. So I would say that Felix is growing in the way he gives answers. Uh, I don't know if there's a problem or not, but that uh, sure takes all the pressure away from it. I don't know if they're taking it easy or not. The car looks like it holds its own good until he gets out of line and he can't keep up. So Kyle Petty, who has fallen back a little bit in the field. We had a few cars on pit road a moment ago. Kenny Wallace was in. Ted Musgrave pitted his car. Also, Joe Rutman was in along with Dave Marcus. Winston Kelly. Derek Cope also came in, Barney. He just got gasoline. Marcus, gasoline only. Four tires for Joe Rutman's automobile and gasoline. Just a couple of quick, interesting notes here, although it's very early and it really is very, to some degree, insignificant at lap number 13. But uh, Brett Bodine has made a good number of moves here very early. He was as high as ninth at one point, now settles in an 11th spot here upon uh, the caution flag. And remember, the uh, Quaker State machine started back in 20th. And Darrell Waltrip, conversely, is backpedaled to 35th position. DW started 26th, now running in 35th. That is one of the backup cars that we had talked about uh, after that practice accident here on Wednesday, having to go to the backup car before the Gatorade Twins on Thursday, and old DW trying to uh, get himself back in gear. But Barry Dodson, the crew chief, says one thing we've got going for us as Darrell brings the car down pit road is the driver. Barry Dodson says there's nothing like having DW in the car. It's a very good feeling, especially, you know, with some of the teammates we have here and uh, his experience and his success in the past. And, uh, you know, if I can bring something to the program, uh, we should have a very good 1993 with Western Auto Chevy and uh, Daytona's been real relaxed you know I expected it to be a little more hectic uh, it was for a few days with two cars in the bush clash and qualifying and having to get all that out of the way but I just feel good now you know every morning waking up uh, seeing the potential that we have over here and that team certainly has potential and Barry Dodson brings a lot of leadership to that operation Jimmy Hensley's car on the record, just being pulled through the pit wall. They'll take it back to the garage area. We may be able to get a word with him a little bit later this afternoon. We're getting set to go back to green right now. And Harry Gant has been on pit road a couple of times. Uh, they said a moment ago, we got a report from Winston Kelly, there was no problem on the car. But anytime you see a car stop on the second or third lap of the race, and again here at lap number 14, there has to be a little something going on. We'll follow that up here in just a moment. Winston is in the garage area. He'll be uh, checking on some other stories there, getting a, a good look at the Jimmy means Jimmy Hensley cars. It heads back to the garage area, but in a moment or so, Winston will also update us further from the Skoll pit area. Dale Earnhardt leads. Jeff Bodine is second. Those cars nose to tail. Jeff Gordon running in third. Fourth is Dale Jarrett. Ernie Irvin fifth. Sixth is Bill Elliott. Ken Schrader is seventh. Kulwicki is eighth. Kyle Petty ninth. And Bobby Hillen is tenth as we go restart again on lap number 15. And we have seen some strong cars back from about eighth position on trying to work their way to the front. A couple of those we talked about. Bobby Hillen Jr. 
Jr. has made some good moves, and Brett Bodine has really been on the ramble also, working his way to the front of the pack as they take it back over to turn two. Those two cars, Hillen and Brett Bodine, are nose to tail right now, ninth and tenth, and neither one stepping out of line. The whole field practically, all single file this time as they make their way through turns one and two and hit the back straightaway. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. Jeff Bodine is second. Third is Jeff Gordon. Dale Jarrett fourth with Ernie Irvin. Fifth, sixth is Bill Elliott. Alan Kulwicki seventh, and Ken Schrader eighth. Kyle Petty runs ninth, and Bobby Hillen is tenth as they go to three. Elliott taking a look to the inside of Ernie Irvin as they swing up the banking of turn number three. Now the whole line goes up high in the banking of turns three and four, and nobody steps out of line. Back for about the tenth position. There's a bid. Ricky Rudd on the inside. He'll hold position there alongside for the moment. Further back at around 30th spot, Mark Martin get out of line, and he has been going steadily backwards, trying to find an opening. He's now just ahead of Jimmy Spencer and Michael Waltrip, who are also on the inside groove. But at ninth spot, that's where they get too wide near the front. Ricky Rudd down to the inside of Bobby Hillen, trying to pick up a spot. He'll get some drafting help from Sterling Marlin. They'll try to move ahead using that inside line. Rudd will get by Hillen and now go to work on Ken Schrader. Kyle Petty is pulled down from the outside line in front of Ricky Rudd and Sterling Marlin trying to use their drafting help and lead them to the front. Right now, it's not working. They're only able to just get up alongside Bill Elliott. A couple of Fords on the outside of him as he swings into turn number three. Bill Elliott to the high side. Now he'll pick up some drafting help to the bottom of the racetrack. Ricky Rudd tucks in behind Kyle Petty off four. And from sixth place on back, they've got a hornet's nest going back there. Kyle Petty down to the inside trying to find someone to draft with him. Ricky Rudd's helped him the last couple of laps around as they work across the start-finish line. The rookie driver, Jeff Gordon, goes to work on second place in turn one. Gordon dives to the inside of Jeff Bodine, pulls up alongside. Bodine doesn't give in yet, though. He keeps his Ford wound up in the outside lane. Gordon's still there, working hard. Meanwhile, right behind him, here's Kyle Petty breaking out a line to the inside. Petty has pulled up past both Bill Elliott and Ernie Irvin. Now he draws up alongside Dale Jarrett, and they form a tight three-car draft. Now Kyle's going to drop down to the inside and bypass Jeff Gordon as he goes after second place. Three abreast on the entrance of the corner, and Kyle Petty pulls off the move. Jeff Gordon now shuffled back into the fifth position. Here comes Kyle Petty for the lead. On the outside is Dale Earnhardt as they exit four. And somewhere down on pit road, Felix Sabatis is looking at Dick Brooks saying, I told you there was nothing wrong. He was just taking his time. 19 laps are in the record book here at Daytona this afternoon of the 500 by STP and Kyle Petty has reasserted himself at the front of the pack and the rookie driver, Jeff Gordon, has really impressed everyone so far. He's latched onto the draft and that is the battle for first and second. For third place, that's been a dandy also. Dale Earnhardt finds himself on the high side trying to get back up there as he battles with Ricky Rudd. Jeff Gordon now midway down the back straightaway. He'll just muscle himself past Kyle Petty and bring Ricky Rudd along with him while very quietly the IndyCar star and defending Indianapolis 500 champion Alan Sir Jr. driving Ken Schrader's backup car. He's beginning to rumble towards the front. Yeah, he has made some good moves back there, uh, working the draft real good for, of course, he has some experience in the IROC cars here, but he has been very impressive all week long. At first, they couldn't get the car up to par, but he is working his way to the front lap by lap coming up through the field. I'll tell you what, the intensity in the early going in this race, Joe Moore, is about as high as I've ever seen it. You would still think they're running for the final lap the way they're going at it. Double file practically every time they come to the turn. It's a different person down on the inside trying to make the move. Right now, Ken Schrader at work. He has picked up drafting help from Dale Earnhardt and Ernie Irvin on the inside, working on Jeff Gordon and Ricky Rudd, also Sterling Marlin on the outside. Earnhardt thinks about making it three wide. For now, we'll follow Schrader. He'll tuck it down to the inside. Ken Schrader will lead 
now through the middle of the corner. Up high is Jeff Gordon. He'll get shuffled back to the third position as Dale Earnhardt gets by. So now as Kenny Schrader comes off the low line of the racetrack, he'll swing back out towards the outside retaining wall, and he will lead lap number 23. Ken Schrader, what a change from a year ago. He has been smiling all week long in the garage area after such a disappointing 1992. He's leading the 500. Schrader in front of Earnhardt, then it's Ernie Irvin riding third. Fourth is Jeff Gordon. Fifth is side-by-side. Side. That's your first forward in the lineup. Alan Kowicki working down to the inside of Ricky Rudd. Running right behind them in seventh and eighth will be Kyle Petty and Sterling Marlin. Double wide behind them. Jeff Bodine down to the inside of Mark Martin. Couple spots farther back. Here's Bobby Hillen down three wide trying to move up into the 11th spot. Bobby Hillen tucks down to the inside of the racetrack and up high goes Bill Elliott. Hillen will dust off another car and now go side-by-side side with Dale Jarrett for about the 10th position as he stays to the bottom of the racetrack. And we've been watching some of those cars back at about the middle of the pack. Bill Elliott is one of those. He's had a lot of trouble getting in the draft and working his way to the front. He's picked up a few positions, but it is so difficult unless you have a drafting partner. If you get single file, you're going to lose three or four spots, even if somebody lets you back in. There's just no way to keep it up there. They're back in turn one in a battle for the lead. Down to the inside of the racetrack. It's Earnhardt once again taking the inside line, blowing by Ken Schrader. Earnhardt's back out in front. Ernie Irvin tried to go with him following Earnhardt through, but couldn't quite keep up, so he's had to fall back in line in the third spot, running right behind Irvin in the fourth spot. Now is Jeff Gordon. Ricky Rudd is fifth, then Kowicki, Marlin, and Kyle Petty. Eight cars all nose to tail, tied together single file, swing it, it turns three and four. One car trying to break out of the draft is Alan Kowicki. He takes his Ford up high in a battle for fifth. On the inside is Ricky Rudd. Actually, the entire field staying together now, with the exception of Harry Gant and Darrell Walchip, two men who you could never have imagined you'd see running at the very tail end of the field with two men in the garage, Dick Trickle and Jimmy Hensley. Last, last lap, Earnhardt Legion. It was lap number 24 after Schrader led the 23rd lap, Jeff Gordon the 22nd lap, Kyle Petty the 21st lap. That's how it's changing here at Daytona. They're on the back straightaway. And side by side for the fifth position where the first double wide racing is. That's where Ricky Rudd is to the inside of Alan Kowicki, but Rudd's got no drafting help, so both Kowicki and Sterling Marlin go by, and now Rudd's going to have trouble getting back in line. Mark Martin on the inside will cut him off, and he continues to drop backward as a couple of Fords shut down the inside lane. Meanwhile, the top four tighten it up as they race off turn four. And this is the first time this afternoon that we've seen any kind of a separation in the field. The front four pull away by maybe 100 feet or more. Now the front three are beginning to pull away a little bit from the rookie driver, Jeff Gordon. Ricky Rudd is the first car out of line, trying to move up a notch in turn one. And he's having a hard time getting back in line. First had to deal with the Bobby Hillen car. He was able to flash by. Now it's Kyle Petty in the outside lane, and Ricky's trying to get it in front of him. He'll look to the backside of the Kyle Petty car and try to pull in line just ahead of Dale Jarrett. Kyle Petty is running 10th right now. Dale Jarrett will be racing Ricky Rudd for the 11th spot as they come down the back straightaway. Jeff Bodine running right on Jarrett's back bumper, as is Michael Waltrip. So Ricky still down to the inside by himself. Side by side now with Elliott as they swing up into turn number three and no room to get in there as well. Right behind is Michael Waltrip. He'll shut down the lane. Still, Ricky Rudd caught on the inside in the battle for 12. Jimmy Spencer is next in line. Then comes Davey Allison's automobile. Alan Sir Jr. is there. Brett Bodine. It's going to be tough for Ricky Rudd to get back in line. And for the moment, it's tough for anyone to make a move on the race leader, Dale Earnhardt. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Dale Earnhardt leads the Daytona 500. 
Hartman by STP. Ken Schrader is second, but Schrader is getting impatient. He'll tuck inside and try and make a bid for the top spot. He pulls even with Earnhardt. Before they get to the turn, he goes by Earnhardt, opening up a door down on the inside. Ernie Irvin will try to make the same move. He tries to pull even. Earnhardt's there, holding the outside line. Irvin with a nose out in front on the back straightaway. Jeff Gordon, the key man in this game. Who will he go with? He'll go with Irvin. Alan Kulwicki will go down to the inside of Gordon and force him back outside. So it's Irvin and Earnhardt, Kulwicki and Gordon side by side. Two by two battle for the second and for the fourth positions as they shuffle into turn number three. Meanwhile, Ken Schrader begins to open up the lead all by himself. Give him five car lengths off turn four. There was a ten car draft there real close together for just a moment ago and now all of a sudden it's 15 again. But Schrader with that door-to-door racing going on behind him has opened up a lead of about 50 feet. Hot battle still for second place. Ernie Irvin and Dale Earnhardt door-to-door. Nobody gives an inch back in turn one. And they're stacked up double wide right behind them as well. Alan Kowicki and Jeff Gordon there side by side. Behind them it's Sterling Marlin and Bobby Hillen Jr. And the same way back for the next four lines. Up front though, Ken Schrader leads the way. And still double wide all the way back through about the 14th or 16th place. Now here's Alan Kowicki. He's going to drop down to the inside of Ernie Irvin. They'll go three wide. Earnhardt is on the outside. Give Kowicki second next to Earnhardt. Kowicki puts the forward right down to the inside. He'll battle side by side with Dale Earnhardt for the second position. Now Kowicki slides up the banking a bit. He forces Earnhardt up high, but they stay side by side. The forge of Kowicki and Bobby Hillen beginning to rumble while the forward of Jimmy Means and Jimmy Hensley is done for the day. Jimmy Hensley has just exited the infield care center. Winston Kelly is with him. And Jimmy's okay. The good news, Jimmy, what happened to the car? I'm not real sure, Winston. I believe we cut a left rear tire down. You know, we thought the motor let go. You know, there's a lot of smoke. But I believe the left rear tire went down just turned me going in uh, number one corner. And, you know, it's a shame. Uh, Jimmy Means has had a rough week this week. You know, he got hurt and uh, tore a car up. And then I get out, he gives me opportunity to fill in for him and, uh, I tell you, the Napa Auto Parts uh, Ford was running, you know, pretty good today. Just hate, I hate turning this car, but it's just that's one of them things, you know. Something happened to it, and it just got in the wall with me. Second retiree, Jimmy Hensley, out this afternoon. Seems to be for the moment just single file because a moment ago it looked like the front four was going to pull away, and all of a sudden, Joe Mora, everybody said, "Hey, we better tuck back in here instead of this riding door to door." The front three or four are going to leave us. Everybody's staying kind of calm for a while. It seems that it must be kind of tough to stay in line for a long time. After a while, you've got to jump out. That's what Kyle Petty is trying right here from the fourth position. Try to move up on Allen Kowicki, but again, he gets back in line in single file. He will slap back, slip back in line in front of Ernie Irvin. Now a challenge for the lead. Here comes Ken Schrader and Allen Kowicki down to the inside of Earnhardt. Chevrolet side by side with a Ford helping out on the inside, and Ken Schrader will grab the lead. Now Kowicki goes in a side by side bid with Dale Earnhardt for second. That's a good battle for second spot that the Ford will win off the low side of the racetrack. Kowicki in second spot now as Ken Schrader, who led laps 31 through 38, is back in front again at lap number 49 after Dale Earnhardt led some 10 laps in that segment. They continue to swap that lead around. Let's set it for you a little further back. Barney took you to eighth spot, Bobby Hillen Jr. Ninth is Mark Martin. Tenth, Jeff Bodine. Michael Waltrip is 11th. Dale Jarrett, 12th. 13th is Bobby Labonte, or correct myself, 13th is Rick Wilson. 14th spot now is Bill Elliott with Ricky Rudd running in 15th. 16th is Wally Dallenbach Jr. Davey Allison is 17th. Lake Speed in 18th spot. 19th is the Jimmy Spencer car. 20th is Alan Sir Jr. In 21st, Rusty Wallace. We've not talked much about Rusty this afternoon. He sits middle of the pack in 21st. 22nd position will be Hutch Strickland. 23rd belongs to Terry Labonte. 24th now Brett Bodine with Rick Mass. 25th. 26th they will post the... Derek Cope car. He's driving for Cale Yarborough Motorsports.
Motorsports. 27th position will be the Mayflower colors for Chad Little. In 28th, it's Ted Musgrave. 29th, Joe Rutman. And in 30th spot, they're posting Morgan Shepard, who, of course, missed winning the Daytona 500 by just one spot a year ago. In 31st position, they will show Phil Parsons. 32nd is Bobby Labonte. Bobby Hamilton is 33rd. 34th now, Jim Sauter. Darrell Waltrip is in 35th. 36 belongs to Kenny Wallace. Harry Gant is 37th. 38th place now is Jimmy Horton. And 39th, Dave Marcus. The other two cars that started are now in the garage. And here comes quite a few of the cars peeling off the banking up in turn number four to make that first pit stop of the afternoon. And it will come under green flag conditions. Kenny Schrader comes down into the pits. Alan Kowicki, Dale Earnhardt's on pit road. Also Kyle Petty, Ernie Irvin, rookie driver Jeff Gordon. Bobby Hillen Jr. is in. So is the Jeff Bodine, Budweiser Ford. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Bill Elliott brings his Ford in. Charles Wright and Scott B. New tire changes for the Junior Johnson team. Go around to the right side. Bobby Hillen is in. Mike Waltrip is in. Brett Bodine is in. All these tires are going to be a two-tire stop for all these teams on this end of pit road. Dick Brooks. Kyle Petty was in the same way with two tires. Ernie Urban's in. Two tires. They did a little chassis adjustment on it. Track here, but it didn't get hit. It made it all the way across. Uh, Alan Kowicki was in. Ken Schrader was in. They got two tires. Got the cars fueled up and back on the racetrack. Winston Kelly. Two Pontiacs on this end of pit road coming in, getting two tires and gasoline. Michael Waltrip and Rusty Wallace. Now Jimmy Sprinter brings his Ford into the pits to the Bobby Allison crew. They go to work on the right side of the car. Rick Mast in for service. It'll be a two-tire stop for Mast crew. Morgan Shepard in for service, along with Joe Rutman, Harry Gannon. Here comes the neon pink Ford Thunderbird of Bobby Hamilton. It'll be two tires and gasoline for all these drivers. 52 laps are on the scoreboard. We're watching green flag pit stops and only a handful of cars have yet to come onto pit road from the Daytona International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Today's Daytona 500 by STP on MRN Radio is sponsored by STP Oil Treatment, Gas Treatment, Fuel Injector Cleaner, and Son of a Gun Protectant. In the middle of green flag pit stops here at Daytona International Speedway, one man who is not unaccustomed to being in front at Daytona is currently showing the way, having yet to pit. That is Derek Cope, who is driving the Cale Yarborough Bojangles Chicken Automobile. He leads after so many others have already led today. Jeff Gordon, Dale Jarrett, Dale Earnhardt, Kyle Petty, they have all led. So too Kenny Schrader, Jeff Bodine, and throughout these caution, or excuse me, green flag pit stops, Rick Wilson and Hutch Strickland have also led led, as does, as we say, Derek Cope. We are working here under green. We've had two caution periods, one on lap three when Dick Trickle lost an engine, another on lap number 11 when problems forced the Jimmy Hensley car into the wall, but there are also some problems developing on pit road right now. Yeah, let's check in with Dick Brooks. Well, Ricky Rudd's sitting here. He started to take off after the pit stop, and then he had to stop. Ricky, what happened? Dick, I'm not really sure. It uh, broke something in the drive line, leaving the pits. Uh, don't really know what it is. It just, you know, it knocked us out of the race. They're just trying to get us back out for the points. Well, they're feverishly working on the thing. He's just sitting in the car waiting. There's a, a belt that drives uh, some of the systems off the rear end that's laying out on the racetrack. So uh, 
The lucky pull the rear end housing apart on it. Well, you always think uh, what a tough break it is for the driver to go out this early in the biggest race of the year, but it, you also have to feel for that crew. They work all winter long. They come down here and test and do everything they can and then watch all their efforts as far as a win go out the window real early. Let's remind everybody that Derek Cope pitted on lap number 13. He was one of the handful of cars. There were actually six cars that came in on lap 13 during that second caution period. Consequently, he is able to stay out on the racetrack now considerably longer than those that did not pit earlier. That's why he has inherited the lead and has yet to make a pit stop. Behind him is Darrell Waltrip. Darrell pitted on lap number 14. So fuel-wise, he is in the same situation. Jim Sauter is third. He also pitted on the 14th lap. Kenny Wallace is out there also at this point, being shown in fourth spot ahead of Harry Gant in fifth. All of those drivers on a bit of a different pit stop schedule than the majority of the field. Harry Gant has really had some tough breaks all week long. They've been working on that car, trying to get it right. And I talked to Harry a little bit the other day about, have you ever come close to winning this race, the Daytona 500? No, I don't think so. I think I got the white flag a couple times in the 4th of July race and got passed on the last lap, but never in the 500. Uh, Is that race that just that hard? It's it is for a me. Luck. <laughs> a lot of luck, isn't it? I reckon. It's awful hard for me. I've, I tell Leo the other day, I get tired of coming down here for the last five years. I've come down and the car runs on two wheels. Either it's the two front ones at one time or the two rear ones. I can get four up on the ground at the same time. Harry Gant still looking to get all four wheels hooked into this racetrack, and uh, he's still on the lead lap having a good run out there, although they've had some problems with the car. And in this race, as we said, boy, anything can happen. They had a fairly consistent push all week as well in that uh, number 33 machine. Let's check back in on Pit Road. Problem for one of the rookies in the race this afternoon. Kenny Wallace's car sounds a little bit sour as it comes by. Talk to Jeff Hammond. He said that they might have broken a valve spring on the Pontiac. So far today, nine different race leaders. The record is 15, set for the first time back in 1974. And at the pace we are going, nine leaders in the first 59 laps of a 200-lap event. We could see that record go by the boards. Behind the cars that are shown as the race leaders, there's a pretty good draft underway from fifth place on back. That's the draft of cars heading up into turn one right now, led by Alan Kowicki. Kowicki has that spot right ahead of the Dale Earnhardt car. Then it's Mark Martin next in line. They're joined by Kyle Petty, Jeff Bodine, Bobby Hillen, Michael Waltrip, Bill Elliott's there, along with Ken Schrader. And Schrader will be shown in the 12th position. These are the cars that did make the green flag pit stop, running about a half a length of the back straightaway back from Schrader. In the 13th spot will be Ernie Irvin, Jeff Gordon, and Dale Jarrett. Kyle Petty there in the battle for the 7th position. Looked like he wanted to take a look to the inside of Mark Martin on the entrance of turn number 3, but Martin slams it down to the inside of the racetrack and holds position. You know, it's really been hard to get a handle on who had the best car because, as we have talked about several times, there been a lot of leaders in the early going, and I mean not just uh, going from second to first. Some of those cars have come from as far back as 14th to get up and lead a lap of this thing this afternoon, and not by pit stops either. I mean just by drafting, using the draft and the engine in that car. So we've got some strong cars right now from fifth place on back. Again, they're back to Joe Moore in turn two. Alan Kowicki leads the pack still. They're shuffling up a little bit behind him, though, as Kid Schrader breaks out of line. Schrader running in 12th, trying to grab 11th away from Bill Elliott. He's got no drafting help. There's nobody behind him, so he's going to have to fall back in line on the tail of that group. Elliott running right behind Michael Waltrip. Mark Martin tightens it up behind Dale Earnhardt. That 
to be the battle for the seventh position as they shuffle into turn number three. Also, one car will slide way up the banking. It's Jeff Bodine almost loses a position to Bobby Hillen. Here come the cars back off turn number four while Daryl Waltrip, who did, again, remember, pit back on lap number 14, in for his pit stop now. So the drivers, Derek Cope, along with Daryl Waltrip, Harry Gant, Kenny Wallace, those who have not pitted here most recently, now beginning to get into that window of opportunity when they must come in for a pit stop. Derek Cope, you remember, a man who was given one great opportunity to grab a Daytona 500 by STP here in 1990 when he was running behind Dale Earnhardt, who came up about a mile and a half shy of victory lane that afternoon. And one thing you've always got to remember and stress, Derek Cope was not really handed the win so much as that he was in second place, available to take advantage of the opportunity that was given to him. Here's the Dirt Devil Pontiac now. Jeff Hammond and the crew awaiting Kenny Wallace on pit road. Let's cover that stop. And they go around to the right side. It's a routine stop for Kenny Wallace and his crew changing right side tires and filling it up with gasoline. And the pit board is out for Derek Cope. Looking at 62 laps complete here at the Daytona International Speedway in today's Daytona 500 by STP. And now the field is really pretty well strung out around here. And here comes the leader into the pits. Derek Cope will make his stop. Let's go to pit road. Derek comes to a smooth stop here in the Bojangles colors. They go to work on the right side of the car. Dumping in two cans of Unical gasoline. David Garver putting on the right rear tire. They're putting in a round of wedge. Make that a round and a half of wedge. The second can of gasoline now being dumped in to Cale Yarborough Motorsports for Thunderbird. Two tires and gasoline for Derek Coach entry. The car is off and away. 21.5 seconds. So as Derek Cope made his stop, Harry Gant takes the lead, but the battle now from second on back is a hot one in turn one. Kyle Petty drops to the inside of the track up alongside Alan Kulwicki. He goes as Kulwicki gives him plenty of racing room. Here's Bobby Hillen. He'll dive down under Kulwicki and try to make a run at Kyle Petty. And meanwhile, Earnhardt has slid around all of those cars, so Earnhardt now leads that second draft of cars behind the leaders who haven't made their pit stop yet. It's Earnhardt, Kyle Petty, Bobby Hillen, then Kulwicki and Mark Martin. Jeff Bodine and Michael Walter put a bid back for the seventh position as they enter turn number three. Michael Waltrip's Pontiac all by himself down to the inside. Drafting help for Bodine up high. Waltrip still caught out low. Dale Earnhardt is the new leader of the Daytona 500 by STP. Harry Gant has finally peeled off the racetrack to make his pit stop on lap number 66. So Earnhardt is the leader. Bobby Hillen Jr. What a superb run for that young man out of Midland, Texas, driving that teal colored car for Junie Dunleavy in the Heilig Myers sponsorship. He runs in second. Kyle Petty now in third. A good, strong fourth place run for Mark Martin, who has gotten the Valvoline Ford back up to fourth ahead of Kenny Schrader. He has the Kodiak Chevrolet in fifth. Michael Waltrip now next in line. The Pennzoil Pontiac runs sixth, followed by Jeff Bodine, Bill Elliott, and then Ernie Irvin. Meanwhile, Dave Marcus's car is in the garage. Winston Kelly? Dave Marcus is sitting in his car just behind Pitt Wall. All kind of work going on on the left side of the car, so we don't have an opportunity to get to Dave, but they've got transmission problems. The car slipped out of gear. They can't get it into any gear, so they're trying to either get it stuck into fourth gear, or they'll change the transmission on Dave Marcus Chevrolet. So that's the story on Dave Marcus. With 68 laps on the board, they continue to wind around in the Daytona 500 here this afternoon, and thus far, just about what everyone's worst nightmare could have been was that Dale Earnhardt indeed was as strong as he has appeared to be all speed weeks thus far, as Earnhardt takes him back up into turn three and four. 
the surprising run, I won't say it's all that surprising in a way, though, is Bobby Hillen Jr. He has done such a masterful job all afternoon to work the draft and keep that car right up there on in the top four or five. I don't think he's been any further back than about eighth or ninth all afternoon, but each time he's been able to work his way right back to the front of the pack. I asked Bobby yesterday, do you still need a good run to get that respect in the garage area? Well, you know, anytime you run really well, and especially on a, on a highly visible race like this, it's going to help, you know. Uh, I've done things like driving Davy's car last year that really helped, and I've been in situations that have hurt, and it's just kind of a bounce around a little bit and when you when you start the sport with no experience like I did and, and just race and race and race here in this sport uh, you make some mistakes and like I say uh, you just have to overcome it and maybe I'll pay my dues you never know well he'll know it for sure now as the crowd rises to watch as he goes for the lead Hillen trying to grab the lead from Earnhardt here at Daytona and he's bit off a big chunk let's see if he could chew it he will he drafts right to the bottom of the racetrack Earnhardt gives him a little breathing room and he had the lead for a moment here comes Dale right back on him as they work to turn one. Cars now dead even at the end of the front straightaway, climbing the 31-degree banking of turn number one. The Heilig Myers Ford again gets out in front and Lisa knows that in front. Earnhardt pulls back even on the outside lane and side by side. They make their way off turn two. And each has drafting help. Michael Waltrip is down behind Hillen on the inside. Up on the outside is, is uh, Ken Schrader behind Dale Earnhardt. Now Michael Waltrip abandons ship, jumps out to the outside lane of cars. A couple of Chevrolets gang up on, on the Bobby Hillen car as they shuffle to the outside of the bank. Now no one tags along with Hillen. Here comes Mark Martin to give him some drafting help as they exit turn four. So Bobby Hillen, who won at Talladega back in 1986, gets shuffled back just a bit. He's now running in third spot. Dick Brooks used to drive for that Junie Donlevy team. And I'll tell you, if, if anybody doesn't root for themselves, they're probably rooting for Junie Donlevy. He's probably the most popular guy in the garage area week in and week out. Well, that's true, Eli. He's, uh, he's a good fellow, a good guy to drive for. He's uh that car for six years off and on and uh, had some awful good runs with it. We led the races here a lot. We led the races a lot of places a lot of times. Just never could make it happen all day long, you know. But uh, these guys are running off a good and Hillen is is, uh, is a good smooth race driver. Uh, a little unexpected that he's up as close as front uh, this quick, but uh, he'll race with them boys uh, look like pretty good. He's doing awfully well, having started here in uh, a good, strong showing, and now works his way back towards the front. He went from ninth place to the front, now settles down in third, single file, with the exception of a couple of cars that still dart their way around some race traffic. 76 laps complete. We've had a couple of cautions this afternoon. Dick Trickle lost an engine that brought out the first caution, and a tire cut down on Jimmy Hensley's car, put him in the wall, and other than that, we have been caution-free. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. Riding in the number two spot is still Kenny Schrader, and Bobby Hillen Jr. rides third from the Daytona International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. 78 laps on the board here at Daytona International Speedway. The Daytona 500 by STP currently being shown with Kenny Schrader battling with Dale Earnhardt. They swap the lead around again as Schrader goes to the point here at lap number 78. Ricky Rudd is back on the racetrack after his problems of earlier. He talked about the belt and the driveline problems. He is 24 laps down, being posted in 39th position, but back on the racetrack nevertheless. Things aren't quite as rosy, though, for Alan Kulwicki. The car is sounding rough down there on the, the racetrack. Let's get an update from the pitch. Well, it is. Uh, crews kind of talking about what they can do about it. They're just trying to get their heads together a little bit. They've lost the cylinder on the car, and they, of course,
course, don't know what caused it or what they can do about it, so I expect they'll just let it run uh, until either something happens or until they get a chance to come in again. 79 laps are up on the scoreboard. We talked about the great run that Bobby Hill and Jr. is having in the High League Myers furniture car here this afternoon. Let's see if we can get a report from his pit. We're in the pits with Judy Donlevy, the car owner for Bobby Hillen. Junior, you started at ninth place. You're up to third right now. The car really looks good. Yeah, Bob is really doing a good job with it. Uh, we've been pretty quick down here testing, and he's driving it like he uh, drove it in testing. So he's, he's running pretty good. Crew got a little excited while ago when he got the lead. That's the first time that Bobby Hillen had led a lap in five years in Winston Cup racing when he led lap 71. Eli, I tell you the thing that, that a lot of folks are going to be shocked at this year. They're talking about Bobby Hillen. We've been talking about Rick Wilson and Phil Parsons, the guys that have been out of the business at a given time. Bobby Hillen set out for quite a period in Winston Cup racing, and, of course, so did uh, Bobby Hillen along with some of the other guys that have come back this year. And as we've talked a couple of times, when you're a player in this business at, at a given time, you, be a, you have been in a competitive car, you're out of it, like Kyle Petty said, and all of a sudden you're sitting home listening to it, think you may never get back in it. He says if you ever get a second chance, you're going to make every effort to really stay there as long as you can, and these guys are doing it right now. They are doing that, and there's three of the nicest guys in the business, Bobby Hillen, Rick Wilson, Phil Parsons, always have time to spend with you, talk and share a story or two. Bobby, of course, Bobby Hillen's been uh, laughing and smiling all week. His wife, Kim, has had a baby uh, a week and a half, two weeks ago, and he said there's extra responsibility now being uh, a father, and he said, I'm just going to get out there and show folks that I deserve to be here and can drive a race car, and of course, we saw that last year. Bobby said in that little interview we heard before, Robert Yates just doesn't put anybody in his race cars. And when they needed a sub for Davey Allison last year, the call went out to Bobby Hillen. He's got some heat on him, though, as he works up in a turn number three. Big black number three is right behind him. Dale Earnhardt looked to the inside, but now the car slides up the banking as Bobby Hillen Jr.'s Ford leads through the corner. Now the Ford of Jeff Bodine challenges Earnhardt for second. And I got a feeling that Earnhardt is just testing everybody out there in case that car stays together all day long. He's going to be the man to beat. A couple of times we've seen Earnhardt drop back. He drops back again, but this time, here he comes to the bottom of the racetrack, goes Dale Earnhardt in turn one, and he's after the lead. Earnhardt loves it down on the bottom side of the track, that's where he makes his moves, and here he goes again to the inside, and right by Bobby Hillen Jr. Earnhardt, Hillen in second, then it's Jeff Bodine, third, Ken Schrader fourth, and a side-by-side battle for fifth. That's Kyle Petty inside of Michael Waltrip, Bill Elliott is in the outside lane, he's not going to let Kyle get back in line, so Elliott will go up to the sixth spot, Kyle will now slide in line seventh in front of Dale Jarrett. Tucks in line as they enter the corner. Now the scramble will be for the fourth position. Michael Waltrip's yellow Pontiac to the inside of Ken Schrader's white Chevrolet. They'll head side by side off the corner for fourth. Michael Waltrip's very strong. Now remember, he was leading this race last year with 30 laps to go. You might remember that from last February. And with 10 laps remaining last year, Michael was riding in the lead three-car draft before he lost an engine with those 10 laps remaining. So as he settles in single file now in fourth spot, not really a surprise to see the Penn's Oil Pontiac up there. Well, I mentioned it to him the other day in the garage. I said, you know, a lot of folks have probably forgotten that a couple of times you almost won the Daytona 500. Yeah, and, you know, whether anybody else remembers or not, I do, and that means a lot to me, and it, it makes me uh, really look forward to coming down here, both February and July. We've had some good runs in July as well, so uh, hopefully we'll have a good good steady uh, uh, next three or four days. They're real important. We need, a, we need a good result in the 125, just so we know our setup is in the ballpark, and uh, then we'll head out of there and, and uh, try to 
try to do a little something on Saturday to make up for last year's disaster. And then uh, I think Sunday, with uh, seven or eight laps to go last year, we were running second and had a shot to win and it got away from us. So uh, hopefully we can erase all those bad things in 92 and make them all good in 93. Well, that's exactly what he's doing here this afternoon. Very determined Michael Waltrip. Had a good attitude the other day. We talked to him laughing and joking. The crew seems uh, really upbeat, and I think it's going to be a good year for Michael. He's having an outstanding run as he heads up to Allen Bestwick in turn three. Leader Dale Earnhardt about to encounter some lap traffic for one of the first times today. The Chad Little car and the Kenny Wallace machine will go down to the inside. Dale Earnhardt will swing it up to the high side of the banking. Bobby Hillen goes along with him. The two slower cars will swing down to the inside of the racetrack. The lead draft comes off four high. 18 cars still tied tightly together in that lead draft. Jeff Bodine, the man on the move now, as he works himself up on the rear deck of the Dale Earnhardt car. Still 34 cars on the lead lap and only three cars in the garage area. Dick Trickle, Jimmy Hensley, and Dave Marcus. One story that I update you on after Jeff Gordon led lap number one and again lap number 22. We've not said much about the young man from Indiana. He's running in 19th spot right now. Let's see if we can get an update on that story on Pit Road. I talked to his crew chief Ray Everham. He said that the car is extremely tight right now. That means that it does not want to turn good in the corners and when you only have about 440 horsepower to push these machines around when the car does not want to turn it takes a lot more horsepower to push it. That's the reason he's falling back. They hope when they get a pit stop they'll put a strip or two of tape across the grill section that will close that opening up a little bit and it will make the car a little bit looser or more loose and help him get around the racetrack. we got 11 cars up in the lead draft, nose to tail but that second draft heading over to Joe Moore Ernie Irvin's got his hands full back there for that spot. Irvin's got the inside line trying to move ahead but he's going the wrong way right behind him, a couple of lap cars, Kenny Wallace is there and some of the cars on the lead lap Timmy Spencer and Hunt Strickland right behind Those cars had been right up on the back bumper of the front draft but all that racing side by side is allowed the front 11 cars to get away. Now Ernie Irvin has more trouble on the inside of the racetrack. The lap car of Kenny Wallace was there, putting Ernie Irvin on the inside of the racetrack, and the rest of that draft swings around to the outside and puts Irvin all the way to the back. We may get a comment or two from Tony Glover down in that Kodak pit here in just a moment or so. As a matter of fact, here comes Ernie off the racetrack right now. So as the fellows in the turns were telling you, something not quite right on the Kodak film Chevrolet. Lap number 90, Ernie is in for a pit stop. We'll get an update from the pit lane here. He came in on lap number 50, so 40 laps after the initial stop. Ernie Irvin is in again. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, they're going to do a tire change on the car. They uh, made a chassis change on it earlier on the first pit stop. They're going to do all four tires this time. They only changed right sides last time. I don't see any adjustments made on the on the car at all. They've uh, got the right side done, the left side's loose, and uh, they're going to, of course, fill it up with fuel at the same time. We'll find out uh, why he came in a little bit early. Ernie Irvin's car about to be dropped off the jack and go back onto the speedway. A couple of times he's been up in the lead pack, but a couple of times he's fallen back and not been able to get back up there also. So the first part of the Daytona 500 by STP is not going to Ernie Irvin and the team's liking at all. 91 laps are on the scoreboard. 93 laps are complete. We're approaching halfway here at the Daytona 500 by STP. 200 laps on this two-and-a-half-mile racetrack equals the 500-mile distance. Of course, the Unical Challenge still up for grabs today. We told you about that earlier in the broadcast. Should Kyle Petty win from the pole, an additional $22,800 could be his. He's still running in third. Earnhardt's the leader. Jeff Bodine second. Then Kyle Petty ahead of Bobby Hillen Jr. and Ken Schrader. Meanwhile, on pit row, let's uh, get a thought or two from Tony Glover, the crew chief on Ernie Irvin's car. Remember, Ernie came in for that pit stop some three and a half, four laps ago at lap 90. Dick? Ernie, uh, Tony, Ernie was slowing down a little bit and he brought him in and changed tires. What happened? 
we had a right rear going down, and, uh, you know, luckily he failed it and got the thing in here so we can fix it. I believe we'll be okay. Well, they think it's going to be okay, and the right rear was going flat on it. So that's the update from the pit lane as uh, work and attention is riveted upon all of these race cars. I'm thinking a race like this, Barney, too, with very few caution periods, just two very quick caution periods. Now as we near halfway, it really makes strategy uh, a major factor. It also puts a premium on pit crew work because if things don't change, as stable as these cars are, it's going to be who's in and who's out of pit road here very, very quickly. That could uh, be the story this afternoon. Boy, it's a whole lot easier to gain two positions or move up a couple of notches by the quick pit stop than it is to do it out there in traffic the way things are going here this afternoon. Good battle door-to-door out of turn number two. That's for second place, sweeping down the backstretch. Kyle Petty and Bobby Hillen drop down to the inside of Jeff Bodine trying to go by not only Bodine, but pull up alongside leader Dale Earnhardt. Kyle is by Jeff. He's drawing up on Earnhardt. Kyle Petty's black and Daglo Pontiac tucks down to the inside of the racetrack. Drafting help from Bobby Hillen. Up high is Dale Earnhardt and his black Chevrolet, and Petty will dust him off on the exit of four. So Kyle Petty goes to the front here at lap number 96. Kyle was telling me yesterday that he drafts pretty well with the Fords, although in his testing runs, he would like to find Bill Elliott directly in front of him. He said, for some reason, I seem to draft best when Bill Elliott is directly in front of me and I'm running behind him. In this instance, he just ran in front of Bobby Hillen, then left Hillen behind as he swept around Dale Earnhardt. That is the 23rd lead change among 11 drivers here at Daytona this afternoon. Not some bad numbers. We are yet to reach halfway in the 500. Kyle Petty is back up in turn three. Dale Earnhardt is second. Jeff Bodine is third. Then side by side for fourth. Brett Bodine and Hillen. Brett Bodine puts the green four to the inside of Bobby Hillen. Side by side through the middle of the corner. Still side by side as they approach the exit of turn four. That's the way they go down the short straightaway. Boy, we have had all the racing we could stand here this afternoon since they put them under green. That battle for fourth place, still a good one. Down to the bottom of the racetrack comes Brett Bodine. Kind of gets a run and go. Comes down off the banking a little bit. Tries to get the car heading downhill, so to speak. They're still door to door in turn one. Bodine on the inside, Bobby Hill on the outside. Car is similarly colored so it's almost difficult to see him apart. It's like one big car coming through the turn. This time Hillen goes high in the banking. Bodine down low, but they're still dead even as they exit turn two. Now both will pick up some drafting help. Rusty Wallace will drop down behind Brett Bodine just for a moment. Now he darts back into the outside line of traffic. Meanwhile, Jeff Bodine running in third place ducks down to the inside to try and help his brother. They'll go side by side as they enter the corner. The green Ford of Brett Bodine, the teal Ford of Bobby Hillen Jr. side by side with Rusty Wallace trying to help out Bodine on the inside. Rusty Wallace, we've not talked much about his Pontiac, but he's now very much in the mix as Kyle Petty leads the 500 back to the stripe. Can this be a championship year for you, Kyle? I hope so. You know, that's what we came down here looking for. Uh, You know, we didn't come to win the Daytona 500 and to set on a pole and, and that type deal. We came down here to start off our season on a high note and to get going towards the championship. You know, it, I was asked last night, would you rather win the Daytona 500 or a championship? And, you know, I look at the Daytona 500 as a, as a small battle within the championship being a major war. And, you know, we'd like to win the war instead of the battle. So Kyle Petty, with that explanation, leads Trouble the 500. Trouble on the back straightaway for Bill Elliott. The Budweiser Ford begins smoking out from under the hood. Elliott is off the pace in turn three. Tough, tough break for Bill Elliott. The Budweiser Ford on the low side of the racetrack as the leaders lap another of the high-running Fords. Alan Kulwicki, whose engine problems we detailed for you earlier.
there. Here comes Bill Elliott on lap number 99. One lap shy of halfway. A lot of smoke behind the Budweiser Ford. Barney, tough, tough break here early in the season for Junior and the boys. Boy, Mike Beam, the crew chief, thought they had a good chance to win this thing today, and they had been right up in the top three or four all afternoon. Now there's trouble. That smoke does not look good. Let's go to the pits. Well, they first changed the left side tires. There's a lot of oil. You can smell the oil. Uh, the car's not uh, hitting all eight cylinders. Smoke's coming out of both exhaust pipes. It looks as though they could have burned a piston, uh, Barney, but that's uh, what it looks like from here. So they're still taking a look at that car, whether they can get him back in the race or not will remain to be seen, but certainly he is not going to win the Daytona 500 here this afternoon as the hood goes up on the Budweiser Ford. Well, almost the top 15 cars decide to come out of the throttle out of turn number four and hit pit, pit road at the same time. Let's cover some of those stops. Dick Brooks? Well, Kyle Petty was the first one in at this end. They're going to do four tires on his car. They got the Dale Carrots in. They're going to do four tires there. Also, Ken Schrader at this end. Four tires planned for his car. They'll fill them up and get them going. One thing that could happen is uh, Ernie Irvin, when he came in, he made a schedule about ten laps out of sequence, but he put on four tires and made up a lot of time on them. When he come back out on the racetrack, he was about six seconds behind. When they all pitted, he was only two seconds behind. So, when they go back out on the racetrack, he's going to be out front uh, in pretty good shape, all caught up on pit stops. Jim Phillips. Bobby Devine was in for his routine stop. Bobby Hill and in for a stop. Uh, Jeff O'Dine was in. He got left side tires this time on his machine. He's back on the speedway. Brett Bodine is in. Bill Ellick continues to sit on the pit lane. The engine has been shut off on the Budweiser Ford. And they have a water hoser trying to cool down the uh, cooling system of the car. Looks like it's going to be a long day for Bill Elliott as Jimmy Spencer leaves the pit lane after his service. Winston Kelly. There's two tires and gasoline for most everybody on this end of pit road, including Rusty Wallace. Bobby Hamilton came in, got two tires and gasoline, along with Morgan Shepard and Ted Musgrave. The Rick Wilson car driving the STP Pontiac this year got four tires and gasoline. Gasoline. Al Unser Jr. in in the Valvoline entry. He gets two right side tires and gasoline on lap 103. Now Rick Mass brings the skull forward to the attention of the crew. They'll go to work on the right side of the car. It'll be two tires and no, a four tire stop for Rick Mass. And while one of Junior Johnson's cars sits on pit road with an engine problem, the other is leading the race with Hut Strickland aboard the McDonald's car. We'll be right back. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. At Daytona International Speedway, in the middle of the series of green flag pit stops, here comes Hutch Strickland. The McDonald's Ford is on pit road. This, again, routine stops for him, so he will hand over the lead again to Derek Cope, who led here earlier. Remember, Derek Cope, along with a few others, pitted initially back way on lap 13, so they are off the routine pit stop sequencing just a bit. But once everybody gets back around to where they should be, Jeff Bodine, who is currently fifth, is leading this event, or will be at that point once pit stops complete behind him you've got Dale Earnhardt battling with Ernie Irvin you've got Jimmy Spencer in the mix as well as these green flag pit stops continue some of the best racing on the speedway a moment ago when they came out of the pits together some great pit work to put these four cars together to begin with in the form of Jeff Bodine and Rusty Wallace locked up right there together with Morgan Shepard and Kyle Petty all heading over to turn two and Rusty's on the move diving down to the inside of Jeff Bodine Jeff swings wide off the corner Rusty is there on the 
outside and right behind him. It's Brent Bodine and Morgan Shepard stacked up double wide. And this would be for fourth and fifth between Rusty and Jeff Bodine as they come down the back straightaway. No drafting help for Rusty on the inside. He'll have to pull back up outside behind Jeff. Rusty Wallace tucks in line behind Jeff Bodine. Some slower traffic ahead, so all four cars now swing up to the top of the banking, but the red Ford of Jeff Bodine will lead off turn four. That draft. Kyle Petty pitted on lap number 100. He is in again on lap 125 after handing the lead over to Dale Earnhardt. Dick Brooks? Well, they had a they got a problem with a gas can here. Felix is standing there. Felix, tell us what happened. On the last pit stop, a regular gas guy got hurt in an accident, and we had to use a young kid from the race shop. His legs were too short. He couldn't get over the wall to get the second can in. Well, that's it. They only got one can of gas in, so they get some help from some of the other crews, and uh, now they've got him full of fuel this time. Boy, that can be a costly pit stop for Kyle Petty, the way he, he had been running here this afternoon. But he's still got plenty of time to overcome how much he's going to lose on pit road for this unscheduled stop. Dick, it looked like one of the fellows from the Hooters team, from Alan Kulwicki's team that had gone down there. It was tough for us to tell exactly. Was that accurate, or was it somebody else that helped out there? Yeah, they brought a couple of Hooters people down here, and also uh, they used the Hooters uh, gas cans because he was used to them, and uh, they and they had them here already full. So they just uh, used their people and... Uh, Fueled the car up for him. 127 laps on the board of 200 here this afternoon. And Dale Earnhardt looks like if he can keep it all together, he's got the best shot he might have had in a long, long time to get his first Daytona 500. I talked with him a little bit the other day, and I said, you know, you've been asked this a hundred times, but it has to stick in your craw a little bit that this one race here, the 500, has got away from you all these years. Well, you know, it, it gets tougher each year, Barney, to come down here and not win the Daytona 500. We've had so many good chances and came so close, but... Uh, you know, our team's really pumped up this year, and I feel good about the way we ran, and the Bush Clash went great for us, and the qualifying race we won, and everybody's pumped up and got a good chance of winning this race. feel good about it, so uh, we, we're we going to take it as another race, go in here and, and start off and try to run good all day and be there, and if you ran it in and got a chance, you'll have a chance at winning it. So uh, we've been in all kinds of situations in this race, up front or in the pack or wherever, and I've seen guys win it on gas mines. I've seen guys win it because I cut a tire down or other guys wreck or have problems. So anything can happen in this race, and it usually does. So we want to just try to get in there and take it as another race. We want to come out of here with 185 points toward that championship and win the Daytona 500, which is all the marbles. And that's what Dale Earnhardt's going for here this afternoon. He has. He's had the race in his hand, what, at least two or three times that I can remember in the last five years. And as he talked about the cut tire that ran out of fuel one time, everything's got to fall into place. And he made that very clear after we cut the tape recorder off and we sitting back there. He said if... if oh, eight... trouble here on the main straightaway as one car gets somewhat airborne but quickly slams to the ground. Sterling Marlin's car, the Ray Bestis machine, goes sliding through the infield grass. He will stay off of the Daytona logo here at the start-finish line area. Get the car slowed and now continues away, but caution is on the speedway. It comes out for the third time on lap number 129. It looked like there might have been just the least little bit of contact as Sterling came out of turn number four. We'll have to get a word down on the pit lane and find out what the Ray Bestis crew can tell us. But when the car got sideways, the rear end came up in the air, very much like happened to Tim Fidua yesterday during the Goodies 300, but the car immediately slammed right back down onto the turf with those fins and wings along the roof line doing the job they were designed to. The car just went right back down to the, uh, to the turf, and now at lap number 129, caution for the third time this afternoon. 
We are under caution, and this will be the third one this afternoon, and it was a scary one. Wally Dollenbach apparently brushed the wall up in turn number four. Sterling Marlin made an evasive move to keep from running into him, and in doing so, the car spun around and come up off the racetrack there and kind of floated along for maybe a couple of hundred feet before the spoilers, and everything put the car right back down on the asphalt, and he took quite a ride down through the trioval here. Now here comes the front of the field to make those scheduled pit stops. It's going to be a break for a lot of drivers, this caution coming out. Ernie Irvin is in. Dale Earnhardt is in. Dale Jarrett's in. Kenny Schrader. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Dale Earnhardt, the leader, is in the pits. Right side tires. This time it's going to be a four-tire change for Dale Earnhardt. Andy Petrie and Will Lynn doing the work. Jeff Gordon is in for tires and gasoline. Lake Speed. Darrell Waltrip peels into his pit. Brett Bodine is in. Jeff Bodine is in on this end of pit road. Dick Brooks. Well, I got uh, Dale Jarrett and Ernie Irvin got in. They're doing four tires on those cars, filling them up. Kyle Petty just now came in. Uh, you know, sometimes you get the break, sometimes you don't. He stayed in the same lap when he uh, had to pit a few minutes ago for fuel. So then that let him, this will allow him to get right back in the race again, as it did with Ernie Irvin. Ernie Irvin was a little bit out of sequence, about 10 or 12 laps out of sequence. That's it back up again, so those cars are in good shape. Alan Kowicki's in there trying to find what's missing on his car. They've got a little tester that Champions Parking Lot brought up there to him to uh, check the wires. They stick a little deal on each wire and see which one's firing or not, so so if it is a plug wire or plug or something, they can find it and replace it. Uh, uh, Allison, uh, Davey Allison's been in a couple times with problems on the front end of the car. He says the car doesn't drive right. He thought he had a right front going down. He changed it. Nothing wrong with that. Then he thought, well, maybe it's a left front, so they changed it earlier, and uh, nothing wrong with it. Now they got the hood up on it, seeing if there's anything loose in there. Can't find anything wrong with that. Uh, Ken Schrader was in, uh, and Sterling, uh, Ricky Rudd's going to be in to get himself fueled up. And let's get a quick report from Winston Kelly. Routine stops on this end of pit road. Jimmy Spencer, Derek Cope, Rusty Wallace, Rick Wilson, Bobby Hamilton, Rick Mast, Morgan Shepard, and Ted Musgrave getting four tires and gasoline. Joe Rutman in just before this caution flag. He's got a little bit of damage to his engine. Seems like he's lost the cylinder. Now the pit boards go out for Harry Gant, Jim Sauter, Dave Marcus, Jimmy Horton. The drivers all one or more laps down coming in for service. And the race off pit road was won by Dale Earnhardt. Dale Jarrett looks like he's going to line up right Right behind him, and then Ernie Irvin. Currently, Dale Earnhardt leads with Dale Jarrett second. The caution, really a big break for Ernie Irvin. Now back on sequence with everyone else running in third. Jeff Bodine is fourth, and Kenny Schrader is fifth. In the garage area, Dick Trickle, Jimmy Hensley, Bill Elliott, and now Joe Rutman's car has gone behind the wall, though not to the garage. They are working just behind Pitt Road near the Unical station where they are trying to make repairs there. Also, we saw the hood up during the last pit stop on the Pennzoil Potty Michael Waltrip was very close to the uh, Sterling Marlin and Wally Dollenbach cars just moments prior to that caution period. Let's get an update down there from Winston Kelly. He did have a little bit of front-end damage. It bent in the nose cone on the Pontiac. They beat it back out. The crew does not feel like it'll affect the handling on the Pennzoil car. Michael Waltrip back on the track. We're getting ready to go back to green. 133 laps are on the scoreboard. And Kyle Petty's efforts to win the Daytona 500 by STP get a little bit of a setback with that unscheduled stop there just a moment ago and kind of a mix-up on the fuel situation. And now they say it will be at least another lap before we go green. Thank Take a quick minute to remind you, the members of the media in attendance for today's Daytona 500 by STP will vote the Goodies Headache Award to the driver who suffers the hardest luck during the running of the Daytona 500. $1,500 and a sample of Goodies Headache 
powders and tablets will go to help cure their headache. And there's going to be a lot of candidates in that one before the day is over. Some of them are already in the garage, and I'm sure there are a few drivers out here uh, who've had some bad breaks going on on the pits and everything else. And with the way the car is working, certainly a candidate for the Goodies Award. Let's welcome a few more stations joining us today for the very first time on MRN as part of our 400-station list in 40 states and armed forces around the world in Avon, New York, WYSL Radio, WJAWFM in McConnellsville, Ohio, WKZV in Washington, Pennsylvania, WXKW in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Good to have you folks with us. In Columbia, Tennessee, Sterling Marlin's home, WKOMFM in Dallas, Texas, KGBS Radio, and in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, WXRO-FM. Welcome all of you to Daytona Beach, Florida. Green flag goes in the air. Dale Earnhardt takes it. He's the leader. Right behind him rides Dale Jarrett. They get at it in a hurry as they work off to turn number one down to the west end of the speedway. One, two cars break away. Third place, Ernie Irvin now works to the outside of one of the lapped cars. He'll now clear that machine. That is the uh, Phil Parsons car down on the inside. Here comes Jeff Bodine next in line. He's alongside the Ken Schrader car. All working the outside lane as they power by the slower traffic off turn two. About nine cars, a lap or more down, down in that inside lane, keeping all the lead lap cars up to the outside as they shuffle their way by. Now the fourth and fifth and sixth place cars begin to clear lap traffic as Earnhardt hits turn three. Front five begin to tighten it up. Ken Schrader at the back of that draft as they shuffle on by the lap cars. Dale Jarrett's machine moves up the banking a bit. Ernie Irvin taking a look there, but nothing doing. They'll stay single file. This is a very pivotal time in the race because some of these fellows, it's kind of like getting a reprieve from the governor. All of a sudden, they're back in the hunt after having gotten off sequence and so on. Let's see what unfolds here. Dale Jarrett right on the rear deck of Dale Earnhardt's car. Single file among the front dozen heading back to one. Nobody stepping out of line as they enter turn number one. Now Ernie Irvin takes a little bit lower line. He'll fall in behind Dale Jarrett. Jarrett thinks about moving to the inside of Earnhardt, but thinks better and gets back in line in single file. Jarrett, who started on the outside of the front row, faded back into the field, now working his way back towards the front for now, staying single file behind Earnhardt. Nobody tucks out of line up into the end of the straightaway. Three Chevrolets, a Ford, and another Chevy at the back of the draft. That's Ken Schrader. He drifts up way up high on the banking. Down low is Jeff Bodine. No room to make the move there. They'll tuck back in line off four. And you can never count anybody out of the event here at Daytona. Remember earlier this afternoon, if you were with us on the broadcast when we first came on, Ernie Irvin dropped way back in the field and had a hard time getting back up there. Now that he is there, he's able to ride right with the two leaders, but so are about 20 other cars. They're back in turn one. Again, all nose to tail. There's about a car length separating each one among the front ten cars. Schrader, again at this end of the racetrack, goes way up the banking. The lap car, Ricky Rudd, falls in behind him, separating him from the sixth-place car of Rusty Wallace. Schrader running right behind Jeff Bodine, who is in fourth. Then that lap car and Rusty Wallace, who's running in sixth. Seventh is Rick Mast. Eighth is Jeff Gordon. Brett Bodine is ninth. Bobby Hillen runs tenth. Dale Jarrett's black and green Chevrolet tucks down to the inside of the racetrack. The black Chevrolet of Dale Earnhardt is there by a car length off the corner. Ernie Irvin tucks in behind as they exit turn four. Winston Kelly had mentioned before that Joe Rutman had taken his car towards the garage area. Engine failure, the report there. Joe is out for the day, as is Bill Elliott, Jimmy Hensley, and Dick Trickle. Still a good tight draft at the front of the field, Dale Earnhardt. Oh, trouble on the back straightaway. Rick Wilson gets into one car. They collide into the outside wall. It's Bobby Hamilton's car. The back of the field scatters. Both drivers do an outstanding job keeping their cars up against the outside wall, and the rest of the field will get by without any further incident. A close call in the middle of traffic on the back straightaway. And as they come down to the line, caution is on the speedway. Earnhardt will lead them back to the line and continue to be the leader. Ernie Irvin comes across right behind him, and then Dale Jarrett. But caution on the racetrack. Let's go back to turn 
turn three. Well, back towards the end of the great big long lead draft of cars that were running tightly together on the restart, Barney. A couple of guys started jumping out of line. It looked like somebody might have come off the throttle at the head of the pack. Might have been Hamilton running on the outside who had a problem. Came off the throttle, and when he did, and the pack scattered behind him, someone bumped Rick Wilson, who got turned over into Bobby Hamilton's car. The two of them got into the outside wall, and both drivers did a fantastic job keeping those cars up on the outside of the racetrack from coming back across into traffic until the rest of the field had cleared them. Boy, it is amazing to see an accident happen with 25 cars or 20 cars around you. A couple of cars get together, and everybody else gets by without getting tangled up in it. And we're kind of glad they did, yes. I'm curious. Winston Kelly, you were standing. I'd happen to see you right down there in the uh, Rick Wilson, Richard Petty pitch. First race for Richard as a car owner. He hears about his car in an accident. What was his reaction? Did he uh, did he take it calmly? Did he throw his hat? What did he do? Typical Petty reaction. Very calm now. He's turned and walked toward the garage area as the STP Pontiac with heavy heavy damage to the right front. Rick Wilson having trouble turning it in at the end of the uh, pit road here into where the Unicow station is down toward turn four. But Richard, very calm. Bobby Hamilton brings his car on the pit road. Now he pulls away. He's got damage to both the left and right side, but the car is still drivable. But like we said, Richard Petty, as per usual, very calm in uh, his taking of this turn of events. And we'll go try to get a comment from Rick Wilson. And it's going to take a little getting used to for Richard Petty in this position here today not to be in the car and to watch it come into the garage area crumpled up a little bit. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Here at Daytona International Speedway, the fourth caution flag of the afternoon as Rick Wilson and Bobby Hamilton tangled on the back straightaway, lap 139. On lap 141, we have seen a few pit stops made. Jeff Bodine has been in. Davey Allison has been in. Wally Dallenbach Jr. now in for service. And so, too, the Bobby Hamilton car one more time. So a few teams taking advantage of this caution period for some quick pit stops. Go ahead. Eli, we've caught up with Rick Wilson. Rick, not the way you wanted to end your first race here with the STP Pontiac. What happened? No, well, you know, the STP Pontiac was running good, and uh, we had a, you know, a bad pit stop to start with, but, you know, we were catching up, and uh, something happened over Bobby was coming off the corner, so I don't know if somebody hit him or whatever, but he just checked up, you know, he just stopped, and I just went to the inside and went around him when he was coming back up. Somebody got into me, and you know, turn me. I don't know. Haven't been in a Winston Cup car for just right out of years. Is it kind of like getting back on a bicycle, or does it take a while to get used to? No, it don't take a while to get used to. You don't ever get used to somebody hitting you and spinning you out. But, uh, you know, I know it's just racing. And uh, like I said, I think somebody might have hit him or whatever. But, uh, you know, we're going to try to get the car fixed and, uh, you know, go out and run as much as we can. That's Rick Wilson, new driver of the STP Pontiac field taking a look at as they come down at the starter stand and they get the indication one lap to go and several cars will peel off the banking and elect to come to pit road. Here's Kenny Schrader coming in Ricky Rudd, Brett Bodine, Kyle Petty uh, several of the top cars are deciding to make a late pit stop let's go down to Dick Brooks Well Arnie Irvin come in the last time by and uh, they fueled him and put on tires and checked the car over real good uh, Kyle Petty's in now they're doing the same thing with him. Schrader they uh, doing uh, two tires on Schrader's car that checked it over good get him back out on the racetrack and uh, these guys uh, may be going to try to run this thing to the end I don't know 57 laps is that doable it's it's going to be darn close certainly uh, Jim Phillips you you're the man who follows fuel mileage down there as best as anyone uh, they were saying 50 laps earlier was conservative can they push it 57 if we go green well they punched up the laps on Thursday Eli uh, 55 laps was the most I saw them punch up on their computers and eagle it out. Uh, the Earnhardt team is 54.5. 
But I think conceivably if they get a cost or two, they could make it all the way. Well, there's another built-in story all of a sudden. Well, the one thing on the fuel deal, everybody I've talked to down there says if you're leading, it's changed a little bit from what it was a year or so ago. If you're leading this race now, they say if you are the front car, that you will use a little bit more gasoline than you will if you're back there about second or third or fourth just kind of being pulled along uh, in the draft. So uh, whoever decides to go for all the marbles here, if they've got a car strong enough to lead this, they may have to take that into consideration. We'll just have to wait and see. 143 laps on the board. A quick reminder, two weeks from the day, a NASCAR doubleheader from the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham. Friday afternoon, the Bush Pole updates began at 2.30 Eastern on Motor Racing uh, Network. Saturday, the Goodwrench 200, the NASCAR Bush Grand National Series, we're on the air at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And Sunday, of course, the Goodwrench 500, the Winston Cup Series, we're on the air at 12.30 up there. The Pontiac 400 will be coming up in Richmond for Virginia on March 7th. Green flag goes up in the air, and we are back at it one more time as they chase Dale Earnhardt down to turn one. Earnhardt leads the way with Dale Jarrett looking in the outside lane, getting by some of the slower traffic. Rusty Wallace runs third. That's Rick Mast, followed by Jeff Gordon, Bobby Hillen Jr., and Morgan Shepard all in line in the outside lane, getting by the slower traffic, all hooked up, nose to tail onto the back straightaway. Morgan Shepard running in the seventh spot. Mark Martin is right behind him in the eighth position as the field begins to clear some of that lap traffic. Dale Earnhardt bobs a little bit down to the inside. Dale Jarrett right in his tire tracks as they go to three. Nine cars, the lead lap cars, all nose to tail, now dusting off the lap cars to the inside, beginning to scramble it up in turn number three and four. The front five stay nose to tail to the low side of the racetrack on the exit of the corner. So the single file formation remains intact as everyone holds their positions. Look who's back in the picture now. Morgan Shepard, who a year ago finished so tantalizingly close to Davey Allison trying to get that win. Couldn't quite do it. And Morgan said to me this morning, all they got to do is pick up one position from last year. He's in the picture in turn one. Shepard's running in the seventh spot right behind Bobby Hill and could have some drafting help with the Ford behind him as well. Mark Martin is there. They're all stacked up nose to tail. Watching Ernie Irvin, one of those cars who made that late pit stop, work his way back through the traffic. Irvin passed five cars on the back straightaway last lap by. Right now he's got no drafting help, although Ken Schrader's trying to come up from behind and help him. Schrader about two car lengths behind. The next car for Ernie Irvin to deal with is Terry Labonte. Now Schrader and Irvin hook up on the bottom of the racetrack. The two Chevrolets try to storm forward. Talk about Morgan Shepard being back in the picture to win the Daytona 500. You'd better get a wide-angle lens if you're going to get all the cars in the same shot that have a, are in the picture here, so to speak. There's at least 15 of them up in that lead pack, including Kyle Petty, who had really dropped back a moment ago due to his, to his gasoline problem. And also the rookie driver, Jeff Gordon, is up there. And Joe Moore, he looks good. Gordon is there as well as Rick Mast, who we haven't heard a lot from today. Mast running fourth, and Gordon right behind him in the fifth spot. Ten cars now all nose to tail on the back straightaway, then another three or four car lengths before you get to that second group charging down the stretch. Bobby Labonte in the middle of that group. Dave Marcus is there. Ernie Irvin trying to close up two. Jeff Gordon trying to make a move on. Rick Mass on the entrance of turn number three, but nothing doing. Mass car sticks down to the inside of the racetrack. Also Bobby Hillen sliding up the banking, trying to make a bid for the fourth position. Bobby Hillen, who led earlier in this race, if you're just joining us, he took the lead for the very first time midway through and has kept it. He was there at lap number 70, showing the strength of that Heilig Myers Ford. Single file formation still with everybody chasing Dale Earnhardt as they have been doing most of the week. 
148 laps. Trouble on the, the back straightaway. One car in the wall right in the middle of the field, spinning around down the stretch into the outside wall as the field scatters by. It's Ernie Urban, the Kodak Chevrolet, torn up on the right side. Everyone else will get by, but Urban is in the wall on the back stretch. Caution is on the speedway. The field yet to get it. Here they come off turn number four. Ernie Urban scrubbed off a lot of speed, holding the car up against the wall, is now down on the apron of the racetrack. Let's go back to turn three. Barney, I've been kind of waiting for that to happen all day. These guys, when they come shooting off of turn number two, are just tantalizingly close to that outside wall. I've been just kind of waiting for somebody to just slip those five, six inches that they've been giving themselves between the where they've been taking the line off the corner and the outside wall, and that was the case that time. I think Irvin's car just slipped when he came off the corner. I didn't see any contact from behind. Went into the right side wall, did a great job driving the car, got it off the wall, kept it straight. Everyone scattered behind him. He was running about two-thirds of the way towards the front through the field, so a good 20 cars went by him. Then he brought the car down onto the apron, but Ernie Irvin's car is heavily damaged in the right front. And we see him on the apron of the racetrack heading for Pitt Road right now, and Ernie Irvin, who has won the Daytona 500, not going to win it here today, but he'd certainly been a contender in the Kodak car. He had been right at the front of the pack. Now he slams into the wall on Pitt Road. It looked as though his car would not steer, and that's where it stopped just at the entrance to the Pitt Road coming out of turn number four. Under caution with 50 laps to go. The cars on the lead lap have not elected to pit. Some that are a lap down have done so. Meanwhile, Ernie Irvin has climbed from the Kodak Film Chevrolet, walking to the garage, and Winston Kelly is right alongside. Well, Ernie walked by. He said he'd just soon have a few minutes to gather his thoughts. He's had a real tough afternoon, a real tough week, the 1991 Daytona 500 champion, just like in a few minutes to uh, to gather his thoughts before we get a comment from him. Well, we can understand that because he had a good run going here this afternoon and now as he get out of the car a moment ago to take a look at it and see that it's all over, not a good feeling. So caution on the speedway for the fifth time this afternoon. And again, the question is, do you make a stop at this point, Barney, and take that extra splash of fuel, or do you try and, and force it the rest of the way? Remember, most everybody pitted at lap 142, 143. They were looking at 57 laps of racing under green flag conditions to go the distance. Now, obviously, under caution, you won't expand quite as much fuel, but to the moment, none of the lead lap cars have chosen to make a stop. I've got a feeling that maybe Earnhardt or a couple of the, guy, uh, the guys that that are running first, second, or third are going to make that call. If you see one or two of them drop off the banking, it's pretty much likely that everybody else will follow suit. Well, let's see what happens now. Elmo Langley with that Pontiac comes down off turn four. Earnhardt is going to make a move. Now, is he faking everybody, or is he going to go? He comes to the inside of that broken white line, and here comes the parade of cars down pit road. So at lap 151, 49 laps remaining, the lead lap cars will make a stop. Earnhardt, Jarrett, Wallace, Rick Masters in, Jeff Gordon. Morgan Shepard, Bobby Hillen, likewise Mark Martin, also in now Bobby Labonte. Here comes Terry Labonte and Ken Schrader. Lake Speed is in virtually the entire lead lap. Dick Brooks has the leaders down near him. Well, Dale Jarrett uh, was in. He's uh, They're just going to fuel him. No tires. Uh, Kenny Schrader's in. They're going to uh, put tires, right side tires on his car and fuel him. Kyle Petty's in. They're putting right side tires on his car as they're uh, going to fuel it off, too. they got to try to top these things off with a car set the level so they can make sure and go all the way. They're still working on Davey Allison's car. They just haven't found out for sure what it is. He said the car is making a funny noise and it's driving kind of wiggly. Bounces a little bit. They
they thought it was shocks and such, so they uh, have been working on shocks. If they find a loose one or a bad one, they worked on the front for a while. They couldn't find anything. Now they're in the rear. They can't find anything, so uh, they just uh, nothing that they can find. But to him, the car's not driving right. Jim Phillips. Some different strategies on this end of pit road. Dale Earnhardt with gasoline only. No tires for him. Jeff Gordon, the rookie, made a rookie mistake uh, just a minute ago. He came into his pit, and he had to back up because he was across the line before they could uh, do service on him, and he lost some positions there. Bobby Labonte still sits on the pit lane. He got some of that Ernie Irvin uh, wreck over there, and it knocked the front uh, air down, the right side of it off. They're trying to patch that up. Also in the pits with Jeff Bodine, Mark Martin got tires and gasoline. So did Hutch Strickland. Well, it was hard to tell, but it looked like a couple of other cars also might have just topped off the fuel tanks and not uh, bothered to change the Goodyear Eagles on the car and just maybe topped off the tank. We'll follow up on that in a minute. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. We're about three-quarters of a lap away from going back to green flag racing. Just got news about a man who has won himself a race car. We want to congratulate Bob Rajewski of Treasure Island, Florida, who has won that 1992 Jasper Engines and Transmissions show car that all of us have been seeing around the country at all the Winston Cup stops. So congratulations from Jasper Engines and Transmissions to Bob Rajewski of Treasure Island, Florida. It's going to be nice to wake up and have a race car out there in your driveway in the morning. Yeah, if we'd won it. Well, what would we do with it? We'd have to find us a driver, that's for sure. We'd have to find ourselves a driver. Well, let's get serious because very shortly here, this thing is going to be settled. The Daytona 500 by STP. Earnhardt still very much in contention. He's dodged a lot of bullets along with about 10 or 15 other cars still very much in this thing. Alan Bestrick over in front of you. But if you had to pick somebody that's going to be tough to deal with, if he doesn't have a problem, it's got to be number three. Well, I would think so, Barney. He's been strong on the straightaways all day. And although the car hasn't necessarily turned in the corners as well as he might like it to, They've never been able to get very far away from him, and he's the only one that's been at the front of the pack. We've seen a lot of others come to the front, fade to the back, come back to the front again, but Earnhardt's the only one that's been at the front of the pack all afternoon long. Of course, at this point, Dale is going to have to work his way through some race traffic, as at the green flag, you've still got Derek Cope ahead of Sterling Marlin, Hutch Strickland, Brett Bodine, Alan Sir Jr., cars that chose not to pit during this most recent caution period. Green flag from Doyle Ford. They'll hold their position two by two. Back to turn one. Derek Cope leads him going back into the corner. The lap car of Harry Gant. First he'll deal with down to the inside line. About eighth in line is where Earnhardt sits. He's right behind the Dale Jarrett car. Two by two. They make their way through turn two and onto the back straightaway. And still not able to clear the lap traffic. Now the lap cars will move down to the inside a little bit. Give the leaders some room to run on the outside. But at the head of that pack, Derek Cope is not able to do anything with Harry Gant. So double wide, they'll go to three. Back at about the eighth position, Rusty Wallace looks to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. But lap cars are there on the inside out of the racetrack, so no room to make the move. All the lead lap cars on the outside scrambling to find, try to find their way around. And right now, traffic is the problem for a lot of cars that are anywhere from about 7th and 8th on back in the field, and that's where the real strong cars that have been at the front of the pack all day are positioned. Dale Jarrett runs just ahead of Dale Earnhardt as they work back into turn number 1, looking for a place to go 3 wide. Jarrett is a 7th place car. He goes to work first on Michael Waltrip, pulling down to the inside of him to try to get by. Earnhardt falls in line on the rear deck of Waltrip's car. He'll try to take the high line to make his move off turn two. And still, the leader, Derek Cope, is not able to clear the lap car of Harry Gann and the other lap cars in that inside line, so they're going to stay bottled up double wide as they come to the end of the back straightaway. Cope still even with Gant. Gant will pull him just a bit into the corner, get about a fender up in front. Right behind is a Sterling Marlin car. Marlin slides up the backing, but still it's two by two by two all the way back through about the first ten rows. Well, we've still got a long way to go here. Lap 155, 45 laps remaining. Here they come back to the stripe. Still Derek Cope 
Cope ahead of Sterling Marlin. Barney just leaned over to me and said, you know, they must have a heck of a car there for Sterling Marlin after it got slammed back to the ground during that accident of earlier and running as well as it is. A testimony to the crew for the Stavola brothers that got that Ray Bestus Ford built as well, obviously, as it has been. Still two by two out of turn number two. Now Dale Jarrett and Dale Earnhardt kind of getting sick of being bottled up behind that traffic. They've dropped down to the inside line of cars and are trying to plow their way to the front. They'll bypass a couple of more. Rusty Wallace is going to go down with Dale Jarrett to the inside. Jarrett moves up to about the fifth position, and here goes Earnhardt to the top of the banking. He'll make it three wide back for about the fifth position. On the inside is Rusty Wallace, and it pays off for Earnhardt. He'll gain one spot. Now that's why they talk about you need a handling race. Trouble coming out into the dogleg. Two cars get together. Bobby Hillen Jr. is out of control. Al Unser also Jr. is out of control. Both spin down on the apron of the racetrack. Remarkably, everybody will get by as they have slid about 12 or 1,500 feet, but at the last second, Kyle Petty will slam into Bobby Hillen Jr. He had absolutely nowhere to go. Unbelievable. It happened coming out of turn number four. Whether there was actual contact, whether the air was disturbed, we'll have to wait and find out. But the cars that broke loose, as Barney told you, were Alan Sir Jr. and Bobby Hillen. They were posting Bobby Hillen in 13th spot. Alan Sir Jr. was being shown right around 10th position. They were working in traffic. Then all of a sudden, they broke loose, went sliding sideways. And as we mentioned, everybody managed to get by until literally the very last second when Bobby Hillen's car slid across the grass. Kyle Petty contacts him, and now both Hillen and Kyle climb from their cars here at start-finish. Kyle's somewhat uh, distressed with some uh, hand motions, and he goes across the grass. So, too, Bobby Hillen now, who trots after him, and Hillen wants to have a few words with Kyle Petty, and they are literally nose-to-nose, face-to-face, hand-to-hand, as they try to explain things to one another. They do shove once, now a couple of times, and finally stop as the discussion continues. Bobby Hillen Jr. listening at the moment as Kyle Petty, with his hand in the air, makes a rather emphatic point, and both men try to walk off, and again, Hillen is talking until one of the NASCAR officials, Carl Simmons, comes out of the pit lane, and now again, Hillen and Kyle Petty, this time on pit road, begin to jaw rather emphatically, and the NASCAR officials will finally move them aside. So, quite an episode here, as this accident draws the ire of a couple of drivers in particular. Let's go to pit road. Al Unser, get him a drink of water. Looks like you're all right. What happened? I don't know. Dale did me on the outside going into turn three, and um, and then I tried to come back up in between them, and uh, and then he got my my right rear corner panel, turned me sideways into the wall. So. Did you learn a lot out there today? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's just a shame for, for Team Valvoline and... Uh, and the whole Hendrix Motorsports, because we were, we were going to go get them there at the end, you know. But um, it just got too crowded, too many places coming off four, and that was it. So Al Unser is out of the race here this afternoon. And uh, three of the top cars in the race will go out of the event here before it is all over. Al Unser Jr. has gone to the garage. Kyle Petty's out and Bobby Hillen. And what a shame because all had a good run. Al Unser Jr. was directly in front of Dale Earnhardt. And Earnhardt had a bird's eye view of that one. And as the cars hit the first time, they also went back directly in front of Michael Waltrip, who was still running out on the racetrack. And that was a very close call. When Hillen came back up the banking, he nosed into the outside retaining wall. 
Then Kyle Petty made the impact with him some few hundred feet past start-finish, and both cars eventually came to a stop. So obviously some rather short and disappointed men because all of those cars, even Al Jr., as we just heard, running very, very well. And to get this close to the finish and come up with a late-race accident has to be most disheartening. It's kind of hard to swallow, as we said, when you've got a chance to win the biggest stock car race in the world, no matter whose fault it is. And and as the speed these things travel, when somebody touches, you may think so-and-so hit you or did this or did that, and a lot of time, tempers flare. I'm sure the two will work it out. But uh, irregardless, as we said, it has taken out three of the top cars. Al Unser Jr., Kyle Petty certainly had a chance to win this thing, and so did Bobby Hillen, but unfortunately, it is a short day. Well, a very sad sight going up pit road right now. The mellow yellow Pontiac of Kyle Petty hooked up to the record, and he certainly felt like he had a chance to win it here this afternoon. He is out of the car, visibly upset here just a moment ago as a little shoving match between himself and Bobby Hillen. We'll try to follow up on that and hopefully get a word with maybe both of them after they have a, t- a little time to cool down and get their thoughts together. Let's get an update from Winston Kelly. Bobby Hillen has climbed out of the car. He's been talking to his crew members. He felt like he had the strongest car all day long. I'd like to give him a minute just to to, to gather his thoughts, talk to his crew members, talk to Junie Donlevy, follow up on the Ernie Irvin situation. Ernie very uncharacteristically uh, asked for a few minutes. He felt like he got hit by somebody else, and it's very uncharacteristic for Ernie to want to walk away and not talk. He's normally one of the first drivers to come up and say, this is what happened you know, in a particular situation. We should be able to get a comment from Bobby Hillen here momentarily. And Rick Wilson has gone back into the race in the STP Pontiac of Richard Petty being posted 21 laps down. 35th position, but they'll go out there and collect as many Winston Cup points as they can. Talk about drama in a stock car race. The Daytona 500 always seems to find all kinds of things, whether it's a gas mileage factor that wins a race or a little temper flare-up like we saw a moment ago or whatever. We've had a little bit of everything here today, and it's far from being over. There's still 39 more laps. One other thing we need to mention, when Al Unser Jr. came through the grass, the car came back up onto the racetrack main straightaway, which to many folks might look flat, but it's is banked some 18 degrees. He got that car under control and yanked it back towards the grass out of everybody's way again. We've already heard from Al Jr. and we talked about what he had to say, but it was a nice bit of driving for a man who obviously is used to working with a very delicate piece of machinery in an Indy car and now has been able to put some of that to use here as well with his Winston Cup car. Let's check in with Winston Kelly again and see if he's gotten a chance to get a bit closer now to Bobby Hillen Jr. Yes, we have. Bobby, I tell you, you had a whale of a car out there. What happened? I tell you, I don't know what happened. You know, we were all racing for the win, and my car was working so good, I thought we had such a shot at it. And there's guys up there that hadn't been racing with us. I don't know. They're just everybody going for the win. And I don't know what happened. They just came across in front of me, and then we all just went spinning and sliding, and just one of those deals. I know it's, it's always difficult right after a situation like that. You and Kyle Petty discussed the situation. What was said there? Well, I, he jumped all over me because he thought I let off the brakes in the grass. I had no brakes. I was on them to the floor. I had no control of my car. I went back up in front of the racetrack. It's just one of those deals. He's upset. I'm upset. And, you know, I'd just like to say I'm, I'm very thankful. We've got a very understanding sponsor, Heilig Myers. It's their first time in racing. They're a great company, great people. And we thought we had a shot to win this race for them. Tough return in Winston Cup racing. But Bobby Hill and the Junior Don Levy team showed that they're going to be one of the teams to 
reckon with in 1993. 162 laps are on the board. That'll give us 38 more circuits around here. What else do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I have. I wouldn't even be silly enough to try and guess at this point. We have had six caution flags, a lot of drama today. We've had a dominant run for Dale Earnhardt. We've had some surprises at the front, taking advantage of some opportunities. Derek Cope is again leading the Daytona 500 by STP. Sterling Marlin still on the picture. All of a sudden, Hutch Strickland now running in third spot with just 37 laps to go. Pontiac Pace Car is on pit road. They drop the green flag, and Derek Cope comes up through the gearbox, takes it off to turn number one. I remember about four or five of those front cars did not pit that last round of pit stops, and whether they've got enough fuel to go the distance or something else may play out, we'll have to wait and see. They're all back to turn two. Derek Cope's got a familiar mate down to the inside. Harry Gantz still down there on the left lane side, trying to get back at least one lap from Cope, but behind Cope is Sterling Marlin in second, then Hunt Strickland, Dale Charon, and Brett Modine. Those cars all lined up on the outside, single file, still that group of about nine lap cars down on the inside, and Cope not able to clear Harry Gant again, just like on the last restart, so they'll stay bottled up into three. Bernhardt trying to make a move to the inside, but Kenny Wallace's lap car is down there, so no room to make the move. As a matter of fact, nobody in the outside lane stepping out of line to the inside as they shuffle off turn four. What a story this would be for Derek Cope and Cale Yarborough Motorsports if they're able to stay near the front, but again, still a lot of racing to go. Running in the second spot, Marlin. Then comes Hutch Strickland, Dale Jarrett, Brett Bodine, Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt, Michael Waltrip all tied in tightly together two by two back in the corner. Finally, Derek Cope and Sterling Marlin able to get away from Harry Gant. Hutch Strickland follows as well as that outside line advances. Here's Dale Jarrett running along in the fourth spot. He now pulls up alongside the Harry Gant car with Brett Bodine behind him. Rusty Wallace is running in six now, all single file on the outside as the leaders begin to finally clear that lap traffic. The front four have gotten by Gant. Now Brett Bodine, Rusty Wallace, and Dale Earnhardt begin to advance. Wallace moves to the high side of Gant, trying to get on by as the inside lane begins to shuffle backward. The outside lane shuffles forward. Now a scramble for the lead as they come off turn four. Cope to the outside. Derek Cope right out against the wall as they scramble up there at the front of the pack down to the line, diving down to the bottom of the racetrack. Here comes Sterling Marlin and bringing with him Hutt Strickland in the McDonald's car. They get three deep heading for turn one. This is going to be exciting. Hutt Strickland right down to the bottom of the racetrack, gets the nose of the McDonald's car out in front, and Hutt Strickland leads the Daytona 500 here to the inside. Sterling Marlin makes his move. He'll get by Derek Cope as well, but Cope now again pulls even on the back straightaway. Now Dale Jarrett drops down to the inside line of cars to try and give Sterling Marlin some drafting help. Now dropping down three wide is Michael Waltrip. He'll pull by Dale Jarrett. Jarrett will lift and let him slide in front. Waltrip's yellow Pontiac picking up two positions. Dale Earnhardt also in the mix now as he goes three wide once again with Rusty Wallace on the outside of the racetrack. Hutt Strickland leads off turn four. He is the 13th different leader of this Daytona 500 by STP. The record is 15 different leaders, so just a couple shy of tying the all-time mark. Hutt is there, but he's got company again right behind him. Derek Cope is there right on his rear deck, and looking back also, the Dale Earnhardt car. He runs along in the third spot, and Earnhardt on the move again to the bottom of the racetrack. He blows by Derek Cope. Earnhardt pulls up alongside Hutt Strickland. Trying to take the lead away. All the drafting help is on the outside lane. Earnhardt's got nobody with him for five or six car lengths till you get back to Sterling Marlin. Still, he's able to stay alongside. Now, Strickland nudges out in front of him. Dale Earnhardt goes back about a half a car length now as he shuffles down to the bottom of the racetrack, picking up some drafting help from Michael Waltrip. But now, Earnhardt, strong on the inside, makes a move for the lead off turn four. If you ever wanted to watch a race car work, when you hear a driver talk about my car is not working, Earnhardt's car is working. He can drive it right out against the wall as we saw through three and four. We watched him that time pin it right to the bottom of the racetrack. 
Heck, it's not over. They may get three deep on the front row back in turn one. Michael Waltram sits right behind Earnhardt looking for a chance to go underneath, but Earnhardt's right down to the white line. No more room there. So Waltram falls back in line in single file. For now, Earnhardt left to battle with Derek Cope as Hutt Strickland leads. Hutt Strickland all by himself on the outside, then Derek Cope, then about a car length back to Rusty Wallace. On the inside lane, it's Earnhardt and Michael Waltrip. Now Dale Jarrett on the charge for fifth. Derek Cope loses two positions now as he tries to shuffle back in line. Michael Waltrip trying to take the third place away, but here comes Cope to the outside. He puts his four to the high side. The Pennzoil Pontiac to the inside. Battle for third off turn four. This is just a heck of a race here. I mean, two by two. Everybody looking and waiting and watching. Now Jeff Gordon from further back. He'll make it three wide going by both the Ted Musgrave and Brett Bodine cars. He'll work his way to the front while it's double wide for the lead. Earnhardt goes to the inside of Hunt Strickland again. Strickland sees him coming, blocks the move. Earnhardt goes up the banking a bit. Now right behind them, Dale Jarrett's on the move. To the inside of Michael Waltrip, he goes. And Sterling Martin comes by. Michael Waltrip breaks loose. Off turn two, the car goes spinning down to the inside. Rusty Wallace flips one, two, three times. The car turns, gyrations down the back straightaway. Still spinning. Finally coming to a rest about halfway down the back straightaway. The cars involved, Michael Waltrip down to the inside. Derek Cope involved. And Rusty Wallace badly mangled Pontiac here on the back straightaway. Rusty Wallace's car got off in the grass and dug in the, into the sand, apparently, and went end over end at least four or five times. Sheet metal flies everywhere. The car has come to rest out on the apron of the racetrack, and the safety crews are there immediately. Let's go back to the back stretch. Rusty Wallace's car again about halfway down the back straightaway, one of the wildest rides we've seen in a long time. It looks similar to the situation yesterday in the Bush Grand National Race when Todd Bodine's car broke loose. It looked like he gathered it back in. In this case, it was Michael Waltrip's car that broke loose. Looks like he had it gathered back in, but just off the corner, the rear end began to come around. When it did, it collected all these other cars, and of course, they dove to the inside to get away. Uh, Derek Cope moved down to the inside and rolled over to the, the berm here that uh, separates the racetrack from Lake Lloyd. His car there being attended to by safety personnel, and the wildest ride of all, again, by Rusty Wallace as he ended up about halfway down the back straightaway. And Eli and I were sitting here in the booth uh, taking a look in the back stretch, seeing that accident reminded us of, a, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but Rusty Wallace almost took that identical ride right out of turn number two as the safety crews continue to work on his car. I want to say it was the first year that we had the cars downsized, and I, I might be incorrect on that, but that is what I believe. Again, Michael Waltrip broke loose as Derek Cope tried to get by. That's why Rusty Wallace got out of shape. He had to avoid first one car, then a second car, and then as the car got onto the grass and the asphalt both, it was as Joe Moore said, a many-time barrel roll down the back straightaway. Eli, an update from the back straightaway. Rusty Wallace has walked away from his race car. He has just climbed from the car and walked to the ambulance. Good news for Rusty. That is the kind of crash that is so scary to see that car go airborne and flip end over end, but it is sometimes it can be the best kind of crash you can be in. And let me explain why. As long as that car is rolling, turning, not hitting anything, not stopping instantly, it bleeds off all that energy. If you remember a few years ago when Richard Petty had the severe crash coming off turn number four, and the car tumbled end over end, side over side, but it never hit anything solid to really, the impact was not that severe, I guess, and Darrell Waltrip had the same type of crash in the backstretch here at Daytona a couple of years ago. But to look at it, it is a frightening sight to watch that car literally trying to tear itself to pieces, and that's exactly
exactly what it did coming down the backstretch. The great news is, again, Rusty Wallace walks away from it. Let's give all the credit in the world to NASCAR for putting the safety factors in these cars, that roll cage and everything else that they require in a Winston Cup stock car. A scary moment, but now with 30 laps to go, the fact that Rusty Wallace is all right will allow us to again focus our attention on the remaining laps of this Daytona 500 by STP. Dale Earnhardt leads. Dale Jarrett is second. Hutt Strickland runs in third. Fourth is now the Sterling Marlin car. And running in fifth after that gutsy three-wide move here through the trioval is Jeff Gordon. From the Daytona International Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Well, here at Daytona International Speedway, Barney you asked me before, what next? Uh, I don't think we could have anticipated that, but again, the news was good that Rusty Wallace walked from his Pontiac to the ambulance. He has already been taken uh, to the infield care center where uh, Winston Kelly is standing by. Winston? Well, Derek Hope has just pulled behind the wall. He was involved in the accident. First, Derek, we can tell you're okay. What happened? Uh, well, you know, we were all just bundled up up there in turn, uh, turn two there, and we come up off the corner, and Michael, you know, got up in front of me, and, you know, we just got to push from behind, you know, I got in the distance in the back of Michael, and we couldn't stop, you know, and he got sideways, and we tried to get out of the way, and then, you know, I clipped Rusty as he come by. The good news is Derek Hope is okay. We talked to Max Helton, who's a minister and travels the Winston Cup circuit with us. He said he talked to Rusty Wallace as they rolled him into the infield care center, said he was alert, he knew what he was all had all his faculties together, talked to him, so they took him in there for a mandatory checkup. We did attempt to talk to Kyle Petty. He came directly from the racetrack on the back of one of the security motorcycles and went into the rig of the Mellie Yellow Pontiac. He's back there talking to his car owner, uh, Felix Sabatis, and understandably wants a few minutes to just get his thoughts together after having the quickest car here most of the week, the pole sitter for the Daytona 500. So we'll still try to get a comment from both Kyle Petty and Rusty Wallace. Now you got to stop and think. Kyle had a lot of reasons to be upset. We haven't talked about it today, but about his car owner, uh, Felix Sabatis, what, posted a million-dollar bonus for him if he won this race in addition to everything else that goes with the race itself. And uh, you can understand, as I said, if you got a car like he's had all day long. Certainly, he and Earnhardt probably, if I had to pick two cars, it looked uh, to be the, the cream of the crop, not putting anybody else down. Those would be the two, and to watch sure. it all go up and smoke like that, it, how could you not be upset? Certainly, you're upset, and then nobody knows what's going on in the other man's car. Bobby Hillen told us he had no brakes. He was on the pedal to the floor. Kyle, apparently, at least from what Bobby Hillen told us, uh, feels differently. Well, hopefully, we'll get a comment from someone on that mellow yellow team a bit later on. 35 lead changes among 13 drivers, Seven caution flags now for 30 laps, an average speed of 153.469 miles an hour. With nine drivers out of the race, the remaining 32 are set to settle this Daytona 500 by STP. Just 28 laps to go. 28 laps to get it done. Dale Earnhardt just that far away from tasting victory for the first time in a Daytona 500. Dale Jarrett locks onto him as the green flag goes up in the air. Hut Strickland in the McDonald's car is in third place. They're all heading for turn one. Sterling Marlin rides along and fourth. Jeff Gordon is fifth. Sixth now, the Morgan Shepherd car. Seventh is Jeff Bodine riding. Eighth is Ted Musgrave. Here they come, working by the slower traffic. Earnhardt and Jarrett getting by the slower traffic. Now beginning to break away from the rest of the pack. Lap car of Phil Parsons is going to slide in between second place Jarrett and third place Strickland and fill that gap up. Now some smoke as the cars run through some of the stay drive put down on the back straightaway. Here's Hutch Strickland trying to move around the Phil Parsons car. Sterling Marlin will give him help to the inside of the racetrack. Parsons slips up the banking and those two slide down to the inside. Now the top five tacked together as they head off turn four. Dale Earnhardt still knows the tail just ahead of Dale Jarrett. Jarrett wearing the Dallas Cowboy 
Cowboys headgear as part of his associate sponsorship with the National Football League. He said, why not? This is our Super Bowl, and the Cowboys were the Super Bowl champions. They hold position, the front seven do, back into turn one. Knows the tail following Dale Earnhardt, who goes right down to the bottom line of the racetrack, who turns one and two. Jarrett's right behind him, then Hutt Strickland and Sterling Marlin. Marlin peeks to the outside, falls back in line in single file. Beginning to see a six-car breakaway. Morgan Shepard, the sixth-place car, with about three, four-car lengths on seventh place. Jeff Bodine, then there's some lap traffic behind Bodine, so he's got no drafting help. Dale Jarrett looking to the outside as they entered the corner, but now thinking better of it. Now Dale Earnhardt slides up the banking just a bit, but no room for Jarrett to make any moves as they exit turn four. And as the laps are winding down, six cars, nose to tail up in that lead draft, trying to get away from the rest of the field and shut it down to maybe two, three, or four, or as, as few as they can to settle it for a win of the Daytona 500 by STP. However, nobody gets away. That draft is just as tight as it moves back to turn two. Dale Jarrett right just inches off the rear deck of Dale Earnhardt's car. Looking to the inside also is Hutch Strickland. Now moving to the outside. Jeff Gordon, he'll make it three wide. He goes outside of Sterling Marlin. Morgan Shepard goes down low. And Dale Earnhardt bobs to the inside as they come down the back straightaway. That's not going to help Gordon any. Now the lead draft moves back to the outside, so Gordon is going to claim fourth. Marlin and Shepard racing for fifth. Marlin to the outside. Shepard to the inside for the fifth position. Uh, Shepard will pick up some drafting help as Jeff Bodine slips down to the inside, and Sterling Marlin loses a position off four. They'll hold single file formation. A lot of folks probably looking at each other saying, hmm, can that young man win this thing? Speaking of Jeff Gordon, well, he has caught Hutt Strickland, Dale Jarrett, and Dale Earnhardt. The question is the experience level on the Winston Cup Series. But at the same time, Barney, Jeff Gordon has run big tracks many a time in Bush Series competition and so on. The confidence level, I would think, is there for no other reason. He says, heck, I should be running up here. I've done it all my career. He's been racing a long time. And I asked Dale Earnhardt after the qualifying race the other day when Jeff was so impressive. Here's a battle for the lead in turn three. Down the back straightaway. Dale Jarrett drafts down to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. He grabs the top spot. Hot Strickland goes along with him. Dale Earnhardt shuffles back to the third position. Now Strickland's car goes way up the banking. Here comes Earnhardt to the inside for the second spot. But while that door-to-door was going on there just a moment ago, it will allow Dale Jarrett to slip away, but not for long. Earnhardt breaks out of that choo-choo train behind him, sets sail, sniffs out the draft on on the leader and heads back into turn number one. Morgan Shepard now comes into the mix. He's jumped up to the fourth position. They'll battle for the fifth spot side by side. Jeff Bodine to the inside of the Hunt Strickland machine. Strickland wins that battle. They'll fall back in line in single file. Will... It's Jared up front. Earnhardt is second. Then Jeff Gordon and Morgan Shepard. They will try and line up now to not let the lead cars get away. So down the back straightaway now, a group of about 20 cars beginning to sort itself out one at a time. It's Jared, Earnhardt, Gordon, then Shepard and Strickland. Three Chevrolet show the way with Morgan Shepard, the first four in line. They'll all stay down to the inside of the racetrack. The top five cars, nobody steps out of line. They draft together off the corner. They'll come back single file. Those top 15 still tied tightly together. Nobody making a move for the moment. Lap 179, 21 laps to go. Dale Earnhardt said, I like the view far better from the front. He'll make the move around Dale Jarrett, bring Jeff Gordon with him. Morgan Shepard also follows through. Remember, Morgan was running second at the conclusion of this race one year ago, so he's back at the front as we work now with 20 laps remaining from Daytona International Speedway. This is MRN Radio. 
With 19 laps remaining, Dale Earnhardt continues to lead the Daytona 500 by STP. Jeff Gordon runs in second. Then you've got Morgan Shepard ahead of Dale Jarrett. Those are the top four. Fifth place is Jeff Bodine. 22 laps down, Kyle Petty has just come back onto the racetrack in the mellow yellow Pontiac. But if he runs the final laps now at some degree of decent speed without getting lapped so much, he could pick up at least six positions, potentially a seventh position. He's right now in 33rd spot. Could end up as high as about 26th before it's over. It's well worth it to run these last 18 laps. Well, as close as the Winston Cup Championship has been in recent years, even a couple of points make a big difference. So Kyle Petty, very wisely, his team gets him back out there. And of course, to get back in that race car and get out there and drive a few laps, he can uh, kind of bleed off some of the emotion that uh, he was pinned up here just a few minutes ago. Let's go to the pit road. Well, Barney, uh, we're in Dale Jarrett's pits with Jimmy Maycar. Jimmy, uh, Dale seems like he can go to the front occasionally. Has a little trouble staying there. Does he think he can just get up there and stay? Or? Well, I'm not really sure. He hadn't said much on the radio. I think what we're, I'm hoping what he's trying right now is just to figure out just how strong he is compared to everybody else and try to get something set up here for the end of the race. You know, still real early. It's, a lot can happen. Well, he's right about that. A lot can happen. A lot happened in the last 20 laps, so maybe they can do it. But it seems like when he wants to, he can get up in there, especially on fresh tires. Now, hot tires, I don't know what he can do. Jeff Gordon, the rookie driver, 21 years old, finds himself riding in second place behind Dale Earnhardt here in the biggest stock car race in the world, the Daytona 500 by STP. He won a qualifying race here the other day, and we're about to say a minute ago, I asked Earnhardt, I said, you know, you had a good chance to look him over. That win wasn't a fluke. This youngster's here to stay, isn't he? I think he is. I've said several times in the Busch Grand National races that he, he's got a lot of talent and talent that people don't realize he's got. And he's just, he's a natural. He gets in there and he fills that race car and he knows what he's doing. And uh, he, the more experience he gets, the better he's going to get. And uh, start off here winning at Daytona, that's a good that's a good feature, a good deal. Uh, if he'll keep keep progressing as he has in the Busch Grand National and learning and knowledge and don't go too far on the other side. Like, you know, he's, uh, he knows it all and keeps learning. It's like me today. I I'm, I'm still learning. You know, you got to keep an open mind and a good attitude, and I think he will because he's, he's came this far with his attitude, and he's got a good attitude. Just a good kid, and he's got the talent. I think he's going to make it big time. He's got the best teacher in the world right now riding just in front of him, Dale Earnhardt. Now, whether he can do the master in, as they say, is going to be anybody's guess. They're in the middle of the backstretch, and the laps are widening down. And right now, single file back through the front nine cars. Ken Schrader has just taken the ninth spot away. Wally Gallenbach drafting along right behind him. Three Chevrolets lead the way as they shuffle through the corner. Nobody's stepping out of line at about the top seven cars as they head off turn four, single file. In about ten minutes' time, we'll know how this story unfolds. Dale Earnhardt with 15 laps to go. Has Jeff Gordon right behind him. Then Dale Jarrett, Jeff Bodine, Hutch Strickland, Sterling Marlin, Morgan Shepard, Mark Martin, Kenny Schrader there, all within a bona fide chance of taking the lead here in the 500. High-speed freight train heading back into turn number one. The only one out of line is Dale Jarrett. He's third in line, has been taking that higher route through turns one and two, but here at the corner of turn two and exiting the back straightaway, he falls back in single file. Got three Chevrolets at the head of the line, then two Fords in fourth and fifth, another Ford in sixth and seventh and eighth, so an even split among the makes as they rumble off the three. First Ford in line is Jeff Bodine. Bodine looks to the inside as again Dale Jarrett slides up the banking in three and four as well as one and two, but no room for Bodine to make the move. Everybody holds position. And Jim Phillips down on pit road. I've watched it all day long here in this 500, the one of the most interesting ones we've ever seen. It almost looks like everybody 
everybody in pit road is frozen in position. That's just how intense they are on watching this race. Watching from the Earnhardt perspective, uh, they think the Dale Jarrett car, we talked to some of the crewmen, is, is the strongest car they probably have to deal with. Last Richard Childress. Richard is coming down to game time. What about your chances? Well, you know, I like it where we're at right now, but there's some awful strong cars. You know, Jeff's done just a great job all, all week down here, and uh, uh, so is Dale Jarrett. So, you know, it's just going to be tough. You know, it, it's up to the drivers right now. Well, the last time you did not take on tires, a lot of teams did. it. Has it affected the car any at all? Could you tell the difference? No, not really. He said he really liked that set of tires, so we wanted to st- stick with it. He's got about seven more laps on his tires than does Jeff Gordon and Dale Jarrett, so if that could make a difference, but it hasn't so far. Just looking at the way they started here the, earlier this afternoon, Eli, three of the front four, well, actually the top three positions right now started up in the front four spots with the only car that's missing in there is Kyle Petty. Now, we had said earlier how oftentimes the fastest car doesn't win the 500. This year it appears that the fastest cars will have a chance at settling it as they work our way towards 12 laps remaining. In 1989, Dale Earnhardt led as late as lap 190. He has led as late as lap 194, and again lap 199. And three very close but no cigar finishes for him in the Daytona 500 by STP. Now he is leading as we come to lap 191. Nine revolutions of the speedway remain with Jeff Gordon second, Dale Jarrett third, Jeff Bodine and Hutch Strickland rounding out the top five cars. In the infield near the care center, Winston Kelly has a report. Patty Wallace, Rusty's wife, came out of the care center a moment ago and said Rusty had a couple of cuts on his chin, and other than that, he's okay. He's still in there getting a couple of stitches, but the good news after that wild ride is Rusty Wallace is all right. Let's go to pit road. We're in the Jeff Gordon pit with his crew chief, Ray Abraham. you got ten laps to go. you got the rookie and the champion. Can you get around him? He's awful strong. You know, I don't know if we can or not. Uh, Jeff's not saying much. You know, the three cars real strong. We're going to try. I know that your car was pushing earlier in the race. Did you get that corrected? Yeah, uh, we hit a tire on the way out pit road, and it knocked the air dam down a little bit, and we kept working on it and working on it. We were pretty much junk in the middle of the race, but now it seems to be good. Well, there's no sign of nerves down here at the Gordon Pit. Everybody looks pretty calm for this rookie driver's crew, so they're calm, and I'm sure he is too. Eight laps to go. Three cars real tight together, and a couple more certainly within striking distance in turn two. Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, and Dale Jarrett. Then a couple of car lengths back, Jeff Bodine and Hutt Strickland. And a few farther back than that, Ken Schrader will occupy the sixth spot, but sixth on back has fallen off just a bit from the front five. Bumper to bumper, those first five into three. Now Jeff Bodine tightens it up behind the other three Chevrolets leading and once again sliding up the banking is Dale Jarrett's Chevrolet. Jeff Bodine looks to the inside. No room to make the move. Each time through turns three and four, Dale Jarrett goes about a half groove higher than do the other four cars in that lead draft. Of course, it all evens out once they come out of the corner and it's again single file here at the start finish line. Seven laps to go as they steam back into turn number one. Earnhardt leads the way. Jeff Gordon right behind him looking out to the outside. No chance to move there. He looks to the inside. Slower traffic. The wrecked car of Kyle Petty limps along in that inside lane. It's Gordon right behind Earnhardt with Dale Jarrett following. Everybody single file on the high side of the racetrack as they clear the Kyle Petty car. Ken Schrader running sixth has Morgan Shepard right behind him. Then comes the Mark Martin and Sterling Marlins car. They're beginning to catch the front five. Morgan Shepard trying to make a move on Schrader at the end of the back straightaway, but Schrader takes his car right down to the inside of the racetrack. Now Hut Strickland losing the draft of the front four just a bit off turn number four. This is the 35th running of the Daytona 500 and I've seen them all, but I'll have to say this is one of the best ones I have seen in all those years, and it is still far from being over. Dale Earnhardt trying to silence 
some of his critics saying he can't win the big one. He's in command very much so right now, but he's got three and possibly as many as five cars yet with a chance to take a shot at him. They're back in turn two. Three Chevrolets lead the way. Two Fords right in behind him. Earnhardt takes it wide off the corner. Gordon peaks down low, but again, they fall back single file. And for now, everyone content to ride in line all the way back through the front 12 cars as they rocket down the back straightaway, beginning to approach some lap traffic as they head up into the banking. But Strickland still losing the draft with a front four now as everybody starts to drift up the banking just a bit as lap traffic is only a few car lengths ahead, but they'll stay down low on the exit of turn four as Dale Earnhardt leads again back to start finish. The indication now will be five laps to go as Doyle Ford leans out over the starter stand and just waves those five fingers in the direction of the drivers. They get that signal and head back into turn number one, closing in on one lapped car. Bobby Labonte in the car they'll close in on. Labonte sees them coming, begins to drop down to the inside of the racetrack. Earnhardt leads the parade as they come into turn number two. Gordon right behind him. Jarrett looking down low. Single file. They work off the corner. And that lead pack begins to split apart. What had been closing together to be a nine-car draft is now split off into four, one, and four, then another four, although there's not much distance between all four groups. Getting around the lap car, splitting up the top four just a bit, and now Jeff Bodine loses the draft with the top three Chevrolets. Dale Jarrett's car slides up the banking, but he'll bring it back down low as they exit four. Well, if there is an unknown in this uh, four-car group coming out of turn number four to settle the Daytona 500 by STP, it's certainly the rookie driver, Jeff Gordon. Now, he's impressed us in Bush Grand National Racing and also what few Winston Cup races he's been in. Dale Earnhardt's got the car. He's got the experience. Dale Jarrett's been here long enough to get it done. Now it's a three-car breakaway, and that's how it may end up settling the 500. They're back in turn two. Jeff Gordon's got to be looking back wondering if Dale Jarrett's going to fall in and help him in the draft. And, of course, Jarrett's trying to figure out if Gordon's going to fall in behind him when he makes his move. Right now it's single file in the back straightaway. Everybody running nose to tail. Nobody dodging down to Hart not making a move to try and break the draft. Earnhardt, Gordon, Jarrett. Gordon tightens it up just a bit at the end of the back straightaway. Again, Dale Jarrett's car slides up the banking, but not quite so high this time. He keeps it to the bottom of the racetrack on the exit of the corner as the three Chevys rumble back to start finish. Nobody is making a move. Nobody is yet sneaking down the main straightaway. They'll hold their positions nose to tail. Earnhardt, Gordon, Dale Jarrett, three laps to go. They're heading back to turn number one. Goodbread Chevrolet, followed by the DuPont Chevrolet, followed by the Interstate Battery Chevrolet, all single file. Once again, going to the inside of the track in turn one. They're followed by the Motorcraft Ford of Jeff Bodine and the McDonald's Ford of Hunt Strickland. Single file working off turn two. Shadows beginning to grow off the banking in the west end of the speedway in the late Florida afternoon. Now the cars emerge from the shadows into the bright sunlight on the back straightaway. Still now beginning to tighten up again. Jeff Bodine makes it a four-car lead draft. To put his red Ford just about one car length off the back bumper of Dale Jarrett as again Jarrett slides up the banking but sticking down low. Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt as they lead off the corner. Here they come back to start finish again. Still holding their positions. Nobody making a move. Each time through the trioval Gordon looks inside. Jarrett looks outside. Dale Jarrett wants second spot. He says, Jeff, if you're not going to make a move, I'll try it. And Dale Jarrett tries to grab second place. Dale swings it wide up in turn number one, getting around the Gordon car, but he hasn't cleared him yet. Gordon holds the inside line, tries to pull even. In turn two, though, Jarrett will get by. Now drops down in front of Jeff Gordon. And Dale Earnhardt did not get away, most importantly, while they were racing side by side. If you're a Jarrett fan, he is there. He's on Earnhardt's back bumper. Nose to tail the front five as they rocket off into three. Tighten it up, coming into turn number three. Jeff Gordon trying to make the move to the inside, anticipating perhaps Jarrett sliding up the banking, but this time he does Earnhardt slides up the banking. Here comes Jarrett to the inside to try to lead the Daytona 500. Little less than three miles down to the checkered flag and down to the inside comes Dale Jarrett. Now they draft to the start-finish line and the rookie driver is going to draft with Dale Earnhardt to try and push him back to the front. They're heading for turn one the final time. Dead even up front, it's Dale 
Jarrett down on the inside. Earnhardt on the outside lane. Drafting help behind Jarrett is Jeff Bodine. It'll slide Jarrett up front. He's in front of Earnhardt. Now it's Bodine diving to the inside. He'll try to pull even with Jarrett. Hutch Strickland draws up behind Jeff Bodine. Three cars on the outside, two cars on the inside. Halfway down the back straightaway. Jarrett leading by a car length. Earnhardt fades back off his back bumper. Jarrett to turn three. Jeff Bodine is shuffled to the back end. Now battles with Jeff Gordon for the third spot. Up front, Dale Jarrett leads Dale Earnhardt off turn four by one car length back to the checker. Here they come off turn number four. Dale Jarrett's got the lead. He goes to the inside. Earnhardt's not going to get him. Dale Jarrett is going to win the Daytona 500 by STP. Earnhardt second. Jeff Bodine third. A battle for fourth place coming across the line side by side. Folks in the booth next to us where CBS Sports is televising this event. Ned Jarrett just jumping around with a big smile on his face. Martha Jarrett, the mother of the family. Joe Gibbs and the crew on Pit Road. What a story. Let's go to Pit Road. Well, Joe Gibbs is here. I'll tell you, they, these guys, I don't know what they do in football, but they're attacking each other here. Joe, did you expect this is going to happen? One of the greatest thrills of my life, I'll tell you. Everybody's works hard, and I can't take much credit for this. Other than Vic and Dale and Jimmy. What a fantastic job of the crew. And a great job by Dale all day. I want to say, hey, I, I just thank the Lord for having this kind of opportunity. I just say a special thanks to him because uh, the Lord's blessed me with two great thrills, coaching football and being in racing. No big bucket of water here, though. No, no bucket of water here. It's going to go to me anyway. Be hey, all right, I'll tell you. Dangerous down here. These, uh, these ball players can hurt you. I tell you what, we've seen a lot of Daytona 500s, but this has to be rated as certainly one of the best and most exciting right down to the wire. It has been 39 races since that champion spark plug 400 at Michigan back in August of 91. The first time Dale Jarrett visited a Winston Cup victory lane, driving then for the Wood Brothers. Now he is in victory lane in the sport's biggest event as he wins the Daytona 500 by STP. Well, it's over at Daytona. Dale Jarrett will be heading down to Victory Lane. Right now, let's check in with Winston Kelly. Man, we got to quit meeting like this, Dale. You had a great, great run. What happened those last few laps? Got passed. How about going through turn number two and coming off of turn number four? What happened? Was there any contact there? No, just passed me. That's Dale Earnhardt. He didn't didn't get this big prize that he'd hoped to get all week long. He had the strongest car. Dale Earnhardt comes home second this afternoon. I think this will probably hurt Dale Earnhardt as much as any 500 that he's ever had get away. He certainly had the car and everything here today. A lot of circumstances uh, going on in that final lap over in turn two. There was a lot of shuffling around by a lot of cars up there. And uh, the best laid plans of mice and men, as they say sometimes, you can hear it in Earnhardt's voice. You hate to lose this kind, but he did. And this crowd is still in shock at the way it unfolded in those final laps and Dale Jarrett's down in victory lane. We'll get to his thoughts here in just a moment. Right now, let's check again in the pits. Well, apparently, our guys are still trying to track down a I few. Got, uh, Go ahead. I believe we can get. I believe we can get in here to Dale now. I think uh, he's got a family full there. Kids is coming up over the car. Wives coming up over the car. <laughs> Dale. I'll tell you, this is just about as exciting a race as we've ever seen. I'll tell you, it's, uh, you know, you go a long, long time, and all of a sudden something like this happens. Tell us about the last two or three laps anyway. Well, I've been trying to decide where Rick Hendricks right here. I've got to thank him and Rick Wetzel and everybody at Hendrick Motorsports for the great engine that they gave me in this, in this car.
car today. It just worked fantastic all day long. But uh, I'd been trying to see where I could uh, make a move to, to try to get by them. I knew that I was going to kind of have to do it by myself, and my car was really working good up high, and I got a run on Jeff there, and uh, then Dale kind of slid up the racetrack there, and uh, I don't know if his car got loose or pushed right there, but uh, gave me a run down on the bottom. I was still wide open, and everything just worked out perfect. Uh, we touched a little bit, and I didn't know if I was going to get by him. Uh, I think Jeff Bonine helped me get by him going down to one, and uh, once I got there, I thought they'd have a hard time getting by me. Well, there was a lot of a lot of things went on the last 30 or 40 laps of the race. Did you have any problem, any close things over there? No, I was uh, fortunate to be in front of everything there. Uh, I'm glad that uh, Rusty's okay and everybody else that was in the wreck uh, is okay. And uh, we just want to thank the Lord for a safe race there. And uh, he's the one that brought us home here. Thank Joe Gibbs and uh, Jimmy Maycar for a great race car that they gave me. Uh, what a way to start here. Heard your dad just giving you an interview from the booth up there. What was he saying to you? Uh, he was making sure that I told everybody that's uh, how he taught me to do it. So uh, I listened pretty good. <laughs> yes, he sure did. Well, I tell you, you can't have a much better day than this. And good luck to you. No, you sure can't. we got to thank our sponsors, Interstate Batteries, uh, Shell Oil, uh, Food Line, uh, and Marriott Hotels. Uh, everybody, this is a full team effort, and all these guys here and the, the guys back at the shop that didn't make the trip down, uh, we'll have a celebration there for you all. Dale Jarrett winning the Daytona 500. you got to give him a lot of credit. He never lost his cool all day long. A couple of times he went pretty far back in the pack. Every time he came back and with four or five laps to go, he just sit up there and rode, bided his time, made the right moves. He's in victory lane. And was it Richard Childress or was it uh, Dick Brooks after talking to RC, who at one point late in the race said that the car that that team feared the most was Dale Jarrett. And at that point, remember, uh, Jarrett was not running second. I think he was third or fourth. Dick, was that one of your observations or was that something we had heard from Richard Childress at the time? Yeah, I think that was Jim talking to Childers. Here comes the ice bucket. <laughs> yeah, I missed it. I, you know, I think this is the second year in a row that the second generations maybe won this thing too, right? If that's, uh, was it Davey last year and now Ned this year? I mean, uh, Dale this year? That's right. Of course, Ned did, never found his way to victory lane here. 13 different leaders, Winston Kelly. Lead changed hands 38 times, an average speed of 154.972 miles an hour. Go ahead, Winston. One of the gentlemen that was right up there in the thick of things, we talked to him before the race to see if he could be up there at the finish, and you definitely were. Jeff Gordon, tell us about those last few laps. Man, what a day. What a day. That's a memory I'll never forget. I mean, running with Dale Earnhardt and Dale Jarrett and those guys, I mean, <coughs> it was just incredible. You know, I just, I never, ever anticipated to have the day we did. We fell behind the middle portion of the race, thought we could never come back, but hey, we had we had luck on our side uh, also besides, besides a good car, so uh, we had a good day. We're a good day. With two laps to go, Jarrett went around the outside. Did that kind of surprise you that he made a move that soon and to the outside? No, not at all. He was trying to make a move. I was trying to hold him back. I just didn't want him to make the move quite like he did, but uh, hey, you know, I mean, he won the race. I didn't. A great run by Jeff Gordon this afternoon. He comes home in fifth. Well, it was quite a day here at Daytona. Let's take a look at the final rundown. Dale Jarrett is the winner. Dale Earnhardt finishes second. Jeff Bodine comes home third. Hut Strickland in his first outing in the McDonald's car will post a fourth-place finish. Jeff Gordon finishes fifth, sixth to Mark Martin, seventh to Morgan Shepard. Kenny Schrader comes up with a pretty good run, will finish eighth. Sterling Marlin, ninth. Wally Dollenback is tenth. Eleventh will go to Terry Labonte. Twelfth place will go to Rick Mass. Jimmy Spencer finishes thirteenth. Lake Speed, fourteenth. Ted Musgrave, fifteenth. Michael Waltrip comes home sixteenth. Brett Bodine 
Ryan 17th, Darrell Waltrip 18th, Jim Sauter 19th, and rounding out the top 20 was Bobby Labonte. Quick reminder that 18 cars were on the lead lap of the finish. Talk about competition. We had it. It was something special today. 21st place finisher will be Harry Gant. In 22nd, Phil Parsons. 23rd goes to Kenny Wallace. 24th will be Chad Little. The 25th place finisher is Jimmy Horton. In 26th is Alan Kulwicki. Bobby Hamilton finishes 27th. Davey Allison, 28th. 29th spot will be Derek Cope. And finishing 30th, Ricky Rudd. 31st is Kyle Petty. So he does pick up a few more positions by returning to the racetrack late in the day. 32nd is Rusty Wallace. 33rd, Dave Marcus. 34th spot belongs to Rick Wilson. In 35th, Bobby Hillen Jr., who led this race a couple, three times today. 36th is Alan Sir Jr. 37th, Ernie Irvin. The 38th place finisher is Joel Rutman. In 39th, Bill Elliott, who left early with an engine failure. 40th spot goes to the Jimmy Hensley car, driving for Jimmy Means. And the first driver out of the race going just two laps was Dick Trickle. Some other racing news from last night. The 1993 NASCAR Winston Racing Series Invitational. That was the $50,000 showdown at the Volusia County Speedway. It was won by Barry Beggerly of Pelham, North Carolina. Larry Phillips, the many-time Winston Racing Series National Champion from Springfield, Missouri, finished in second. Jay Fogelman of Durham, North Carolina, was third. Frankie Pennington, fourth, out of Lexington, Virginia. And Charles Powell from Monk's Corner, South Carolina, coming home in fifth spot. The $10,500 award going to Barry Beggerly. And don't forget, the NASCAR Winston Racing Series gets underway very shortly at racetracks all across America. Nearly 100 tracks carrying the NASCAR banner this year. America's best short track racers going for their regional and eventually the National Winston Racing Series title. If you'd like some information as to the Winston Racing Series track nearest to you, just write to NASCAR Public Relations, Post Office Box 2875, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32120. And I'll tell you something, Barn, there's some good racing across the country, but it's going to be kind of nice to take a week off after the finish we saw here. I think we'll all be uh, needing the week to catch our breath before we head to Rockingham. Yeah, I think this is, has kind of drained everybody from the people who work the race like ourselves and the television and the pit crews and the drivers and everything else. It'll be nice to have a week off. Then it'll be nice to get back to it again. Uh, a couple of weeks from today, the Goodrich 500. The Winston Cup Series continues up at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. And after this one, a lot of these guys that were in the event today can't wait to get back out there and see what they've got on the one-mile speedway up there. We want to thank Joe Moore, Alan Bestwick, and Fred Armstrong, who all week long brought you the coverage around in the corners. Our pit reporters who put on a lot of miles on their running shoes, Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly, and a lot of miles on his walking shoes. For Dick Brooks, we thank all of them for their fine work. Martha Oliver and Judy Robinson were on the scoring loop. Our production assistants were Eddie LaRue, James White, and Paul Horvath. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Thanks so much for spending Speed Weeks 93 with us here in Daytona, and our congratulations to the entire Interstate Batteries team and driver Dale Jarrett, winner of the 1993 Daytona 500 by STP. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.